Welcome to the Adam State Football Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Webb. It's January in Alamosa. The spring semester has started. It's cold as hell, but the 2023 Grizzly campaign is heating up, hitting the weight room, knocking out mat drills, trudging through the negative 20 degree weather to get their strength, speed, and weight proper for the season. The fearless leader of the offseason programming is a former Adam State tight end, director of strength and conditioning, Brady Connor. In this interview, we talk about his beginnings coming out of Craig, Colorado, how he fell in love at first lift with strength and conditioning, his playing and professional experiences that have helped him translate his bachelor's degree in exercise science and his MBA in leadership into preparing the Adams State football team for the gridiron. And now, a six foot one, 240 pound tight end, the Sultan of the Steel, the dictator of the domain of pain, Number 43, Brady Connor. Before we get started, let's take a pause for the clause. It's been one year since we published the first episode of the Adam State Football Podcast. Over the past year, we've listened to the great stories of Adam State players, coaches, and friends of the program. And we're knocking on the door of a thousand listens. Having proven the concept that a podcast can help to engage Adam State football alumni, we're gearing up to increase the consistency and quality of the project. For those of you that have tuned in, I can't thank you enough, but the work's not done, and we need your help. We need as many ears and eyes to secure resources to advance the mission of celebrating this program. You can help by listening, subscribing, sharing, reviewing, and rating this content. So text, direct message, and share these episodes with those teammates, roomies, lifting partners, and family members. You can keep up to date with the project and the program with our Adam State Football Facebook group. Thank you all for your support. Go Adam State. Brady Connor, the mic is hot. I am, we are sitting here in the, uh, the, the the house of steel, the Grizzly Powerhouse. What do you call this place? Domain of Pain. The Domain of Pain. I love it. I love it. I uh, I was blessed to be able to spend some time in this weight room. We finished moving that that leg press from upstairs, so we moved that. Everything else got auctioned off, and then the football players were here for that summer. We uh, we moved it all out. There was like three weeks where we had to go lift at Alamosa High School. And then season started, and then so my senior year, I got to use this stuff. It's great stuff. I think it's built in New Mexico too. Yep. This company yeah, is Samson. So it's, yeah, it's Samson. It's all outfitted by them, and they're in Albuquerque, Santa Fe. The pull-up bars are still as sharp as the day. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, you are not losing <laughs> any grip there. Yep. So testament to the Samson, powerful Samson strength and conditioning equipment, but. Uh, this is the Adam State Football Podcast. I'm celebrating your career. You're also the, well, you, I'll let you introduce yourself and your title here, um, but we're also going to update alum. We're going to fire some players up, especially when it comes to getting in here, getting jacked, getting tan, getting ready for summer, getting ready for the season. So give me your title, the years you played, okay. your number and your position. Okay, yeah, so currently uh, Director of Strength and Conditioning here, so I oversee um, all the team's programming, um, you know, implementation of programming, 
Um, only teams I'm not working with um, is track and field and cross country, mm -hmm. and that's Gersick still. Right. So Gersick's still around. Powerful Matt Gersick. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, so my playing years here, I came in in 2011. I redshirted, mm -hmm. and then uh, split time in 2012, and then started those next three years. Oh, so boy. I was here 13, 14, 15. Very nice. Um, I was number 43. Played mm -hmm. tight end. Mm -hmm. um, dabbled a little bit in fullback in uh -huh. Rosenbaugh's uh, offense. We yeah. went to a kind of a tribe set my senior year, so I got to okay. play a little bit of fullback. Um, probably more my natural position, honestly. Uh -huh. Um, and then special teams as well. So I was on all special teams also. Awesome. Uh, Do you ever get a uh, proposition to come to the dark side? So uh, funny enough, um, when I was getting recruited, I was, I thought, I mean, statistically better on defense. Uh -huh. I went to uh, Moffat County High School up in Craig, yeah. Northern Colorado, small school. So playing both ways and it was, you know, if they're a run-heavy team, straight up the middle, I was playing middle linebacker that mm -hmm. that week. If mm -hmm. they like to go to the edge, I might be playing sniffer back that week. You okay. know, so okay. played played uh, various positions through high school. Uh -huh. But um, I just, you know, I thought I was more natural at a linebacker DN type position. Uh -huh. And my last year with Heaton, uh -huh. um, I was rooming with Connor Stevens, yeah, you know, who was former defensive end, former strength and condition yep. expert. Yep, and he, solid player, man. Just you know, yeah. a great guy. And Heaton kept trying to put weight on me, just, you know, <laughs> oh, we need to get you bigger. Oh, we need to get you stronger. Uh -huh. Oh, we need to get you bigger. And I remember that spring running like three or four routes over 20 yards and just being like, oh, man, like my legs are bricks. There's <laughs> no way I can do this. And uh, he kept telling me, ah, I think they're going to switch you to the end. You know, I think oh, they're yeah? going to switch but it just never. And up until that point, I'm sure that you had <clears throat> seen plenty of Marty Heaton pursuit going on. Oh, yeah. Because that defensive end, that defensive end's got the two and the backside five which I think is the longest average. I don't know, I might have my, I might have my, uh, my, my cone averages wrong, but you know, as a former defensive end, I ran plenty of them backside fives, and it ain't no joke. Yep. But you get three of them bad boys in a row. <laughs> All right, well, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be curious to unpack some more of that. Definitely want to you know, unpack kind of your era. I might be wearing some gear. Is this your era oh, yeah. of gear? That's probably right at the end or okay. my first year of coaching type okay. era right there. So Yeah, yeah. The uh, camo, though, that was Heaton, man. He okay. was all about the camo, yeah. too. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I got these from the, our uh, Cease the Beast. You got to interact with the Beast, huh? Yeah. Oh, National Treasure. I love that, man. Let's go, let's go back. Tell me about... Craig, because I don't believe we're talking about a very large town. So tell me about Craig. Is that where you were born? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. So yeah, it's uh, it's very similar to uh, Alamosa in the mm -hmm. sense of population. Um, the college here, there's more diversity here, mm -hmm. um, but it's just kind of your blue collar town. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got you know the coal mines mm -hmm. um, there. You have the power plant there, and that is a big part of you know the mm -hmm. people that are financially stable in the area. Yeah. Um, other than that, you know, it's majority if you're working at the schools or you have your own business, kind of you know like here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um then you know those are the families that are doing well it's a yeah small small area mm -hmm. um it was bigger when i was growing up it was kind of booming at that time uh-huh um and then now as people are trying to push away from coal and stuff like that it slowly started kind of shrinking down you know when i was there we were 3a now we're 2a okay um and sports and stuff like that so so, so blue tall blue collar town i bet you so. i bet you sports were an important part yep. of that Huge. town what are the first sports you start playing Early on, yeah, one yeah, of my yeah. first ones. Your first so, exposure to organized <clears throat> team sports. 
baseball. Baseball? Uh, yeah, I played a lot of summer league baseball and stuff okay. like that. Uh, How old were you when you started? Five. Wow, so five, that's awesome. Yep, five years old uh, when I started playing baseball. Um, hockey as well, I want to say I was either six or seven when we started that. And we okay. actually had, uh, and it was full contact, peewees for football. Yeah. So that was, you know, you had your first and second grade compete, third and fourth grade compete, oh, fifth awesome. and sixth grade, seventh uh-huh. and eighth, and then into your high school. That's got to give you, so. that's got to give you a little bit of an edge there. I mean, I started playing baseball in sixth grade. There was, there was opportunities, but I just wasn't involved in it. But that was my first exposure to organized sports, started playing in football in, in middle school and seventh grade. And now my boy, I'm just trying to get him exposed to as much stuff as I can early as on, yeah. you know, like I was still learning the rules, you know, and yep. like, so um, your first exposures to baseball, but also football pretty early. When, yep. when do you get, when's your, are you in first grade when you first play football? Yeah. Yep. Ooh. So, and that's, and we were doing, and it was contact, man. Mm-hmm. Um, they had rules, you know, particular rules. I was a big kid growing up. Uh-huh. Um, so I couldn't play running back. Yeah. Couldn't, you know, nothing like that. So, so I was they, playing they line. line. All, yeah. yeah. So I was playing line all the way up through sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And then started playing running back and stuff like that in okay. seventh, eighth, and then through high school. So you, but you transitioned into a in, into a skill type position yep. where they're like, oh, okay, bigger body, but got some athleticism. So we're gonna put the rock in your hands. Yep. There we go. Yep. So when is it? Do you, I mean do you stick with all those sports all the way into high school? Um, I imagine small school that coaches might have been arm wrestling in the break room over you. What was that like? What other sports did you play in high school? So high school story, um, a little, I mean, not super different. I think all of us that pad up, we have our Mm -hmm. scars. Yeah. And so freshman year, I had a a very rare injury. I dislocated my collarbone off my sternum instead of just breaking it. So Mm -hmm. um, ended up having surgery that year. And Mm -hmm. then my sophomore year um, was playing varsity ball. We were in Delta, playing Uh Delta at their homecoming. And I had a contact blowout to my ACL, MCL, medial lateral Oof. meniscus, you know. Uh-huh. And so I, you know, I w- probably would ended up doing track and field and basketball um, both of those years. But you were rehabbing? But I was rehabbing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, junior year, it was football and it was fine. And then I, you know, we we're doing tryouts for basketball and hardwood just tore me up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to take that year off. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I wish I would have done track and field that year, you know, if I yeah. looking back at it now. Um, just mechanics and everything like that, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's crucial. Some explosivity. Yeah. Like I did, I did, I threw shot and disc and ran the open four. I was like one lap, not a big deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> but I did, it my, my, I did it my <laughs> senior year just to, just to train, um, just to do, you know, stick, you know, stick with cleans and stuff like that. Just, just to train speed. Yep. Um, so you, so you wish you would have done track. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I seems do. like one of the sports, like if, okay. You're thinking about playing college football. You're in high school. Uh, you know, you're 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 kind of serious about baseball. Maybe you like it. Maybe you got some buds. But if you're going to do some do a sport to prepare you for college football, track seems like a pretty yeah. good one. Huh? Yep. It's. I mean, just you know, running mechanics and everything yeah. like that. It's. You're never really running a straight line on the field. You know, that's very, very right. rare, but just having mechanics. Right. Um, well, when you are running in a straight line, yeah. you pro, you know, being efficient and yep. being explosive because like, you still get the start, yep. right? The start yep. is super important, my understanding is, in a track event. So same thing when you got your hand in the dirt. Yep, absolutely. No, it's, it just transitions well. You know, a lot of the athletes we get mm-hmm. in here that right away they're, 
they're easy not only to work with on the field, but in the weight room, it seems like they have some kind of track and field background work. Okay. Just, you know, in sprinters especially, it's so mechanically driven, and that's not throws, you know, same thing, except for mm -hmm. it's all rotational power. So it doesn't, you know, it's awkward compared to the weight room or on a field. Right. Um, but it seems like those guys are the ones that transition very, very quickly. Yeah. We'll into make it. into some good footwork. Yep. And, uh, and, and understand violent hip explosivity. Yes. yes. Yeah. So how about your senior year? Do you, you know, are you, are you able to go through there? I don't even want to ask, but injury free, do you get to play some other sports? What's that like? Yeah. So I, uh, I obviously played football senior year and then, uh, I did play basketball mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I was just, I was injury ridden, uh -huh. um, in high school. Uh, we were in our seventh practice or so about to, you know, everyone's about to pretty much become eligible to play a game. And, um, I was a four actually, and I'm not that tall, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. on a good day, all of six foot, hopefully. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, smaller school though. And I, right. you know, I just took a power dribble, took a step, yep. guy was backside help side mm -hmm. and we went foot to foot and I rolled the crap out of my ankle. And uh -huh. so I ended up tearing some ligaments in it. I played mm -hmm. the season on it. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, and it was still, we had a good season and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it's one of those things, hindsight 2020, I'm talking to schools in the RMAC. You know, mm. I've got a little bit of interest. Yeah. And then you're like, well, now, I'm going to go I wanna, play. I want to pause you right there, yeah. and I want to go back just a little bit, right? So you said you were a bigger kid, right? And I would imagine that you were introduced. I mean, so we're, we're, what's your first exposure to lifting? Let's start painting that okay. picture while yep. we're at it, too. Yep. Were you guys taking it serious then, Craig? And did you start bringing in the nutrition component? Like, you know, <clears throat> when we say so your freshman year, what are your what what are your measures? You rolling in about five nine, five ten, about yeah. one. I was about I was about one eighty. One eighty. That's a pretty. So that's yeah, pretty I solid was freshman. you know where I hit my big because I was a chubby kid uh -huh. and there's no way around it, man. I just was and fit, uh -huh. you know fifth and sixth grade I'm probably five feet tall, uh -huh. a buck fifty, and then seventh grade I'm about five ten mm -hmm. and one sixty. So I just stretched. Okay. So yeah, so you grew into it. Yep. And then uh, eighth grade I'd put on about ten pounds, hadn't grown a ton, and then I hit another spurt, you know, through high school. But yeah, mm -hmm. to get back, you know, into lifting. First set, I'll never forget it. First, you know, like uh, set of equipment that I got was from Kmart. We had a Kmart okay. and Craig, and uh, it was one of the sand weights. So it had the sand inside yeah, of it, yeah, the yeah. skinny, skinny Olympic bar. How old are you at this time? I was seventh grade. So you're, so you're seventh grade. Yeah, yep. So you're like pops yep. or mom or whoever it was. You say, hey, we gotta, we, we gotta get this thing. Yep. And so that, you know, that was kind of. Uh, you know, I can't remember if it was birthday or Christmas or what, you know, whatever it was. Uh -huh. But uh, and, you know, you're just doing the basic stuff. Yeah, it, I lived in with the walking distance of the school. So we get done with school mm -hmm. um, when we weren't in season and stuff like that. And it'd be me and three or four buddies. And we go bench and we go yeah, do some curls. Yeah, that's what's and up. We go do some push ups and, you know, some crunches and uh -huh. very, very basic stuff. Uh -huh. um, and then I, you know, I got into it, you know, yeah. by, well, by that, that, pe that time. That peanut butter and jelly, it works. Yep. That peanut butter and jelly, it works. That base, yeah, for sure. So that that's that's rad because 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 me the first time messing around with any kind of resistance stuff, I I, I, I play baseball a little bit later. I was a catcher. I could block the piss out of the plate. I was dirty. I worked hard. Noodle arm, mediocre batter. So I start. I took like the plastic covered concrete, nine and a half pound dumbbell, <laughs> and I would do off my bunk bed. I would do, I would do flies and I would do like raises and front raises. And then I'd, then I'd yank on that, you know, and, uh, so, but that was the, that was when I started figuring out I could impact my performance on the field. 
if I did these other things, yeah. which basically <clears throat> sentenced me to a life of doing more and spending more time than everyone else to be as good as everybody yep. else, which is frustrating. But it sounds like you started hitting the, started pushing the steel pretty early. Yep. No, it was, uh, you know, love at first lift, really. Ooh. And so, uh-huh. um, you know, I got into it seventh grade, eighth mm-hmm. grade. Um, for Christmas, I asked for a Smith machine, and it was one of the ones from like Sam's Club, which. Yeah. For those of you that don't know Craig, it does not have a Sam's Club. So we had, <laughs> yeah, to, go, yeah. we had to drive to Junction, uh-huh. and it had an Olympic bar on it. Um, it had the Smith machine bar. It had, like, you know, some cheap fly for the chest, yeah, cable yeah. row and cable pull-down. Um, and I did that, you know, for about a year. And that's when I, you know, I finally started putting on size. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I was lucky. I, I hit a growth spurt early mm-hmm. and then getting into it that early. By the time, you know, I was a freshman, I was sitting right about the same height I am now, about six foot, mm-hmm. um, and you know it was about 180, 185, mm-hmm. and uh, had already in that transition in that summer. Um, you know, we had a couple seniors that had kind of and juniors that had kind of taken me under their wing, and hey, we're well, you know we're going to football weights, and you're coming with us. That's what's up. And so you know, I had guys like uh, J.T. Haddon, who mm-hmm. uh, he played O line at CSU Pueblo. He Shout was on, out to the boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. He uh, played at CSU Pueblo, um, and he was on staff um, these last five, six years at West Texas A&M, mm-hmm. um, doing O-line and assisting in, in, you know, offensive coordinating position and stuff like that. So, you know, he took me under his wing super, super early, and he was a big boy. I mean, mm-hmm. he's 6'3", 240, and he's playing running back, and it's like you get around a guy like that pretty early, you know, you're going to put on some size and some strength. And, Definitely. And Definitely. so by that time, eighth grade is done, um, I'd kind of outgrown yeah. The Smith machine. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. you know, sorry, mom and dad, it, it didn't last long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we had it down there forever. Um, but, you know, then it was, you know, I started, you know, lifting at the high school and also on top of it, lifting at now, our, our was, local gym. Now, what, what else was guiding you in this, right? Because uh, I just had the way I did some stuff I made up, didn't have internet in my house in 2000 when we're doing that. What kind of information? I mean, were you buying up muscle and fitness? Like, what was your, so, what was feeding you these uh, ideas? You know, it's I'm I've always been kind of you know type A, uh-huh. um, but try to be as calculated as I could. You know, as a mm-hmm. 15, 16 year old kid, um, we were on the bigger, faster, stronger program yep, in right. high school, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a lot better than I gave it credit for when I was 15. I thought I knew right. it all. I thought more was more. Yeah, we're lifting three times a week for an hour, but I want to lift, you know, seven days a week, twice a day. Okay, okay. And, uh, you know, so I did, we, we, uh, you know, I'm old or young enough that we had, you know, computer, internet, all that stuff. Uh And so I just started searching up, you know, random things. I had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is, bodybuilding. And uh, it, it started off every day, you know, we do pull-ups, dips, warm-up, mm-hmm. then we'd, you know, start on bench, and we do rows, and we'd, you know, do overhead press, and it was all bread and butter stuff. We didn't, mm-hmm. uh, the guys I was, you know, training with outside of the high school, we didn't really enjoy the curls and the triceps and the calves. Uh-huh. We wanted to do four sets of 20 on squat and throw up, Ooh. and like, you know, I was I was blessed, man, with the, uh-huh. the guys that I had in, in my age group, and then even the one below me and the one below mm-hmm. them, really good um, in terms of, you know, core values um their parents raised them to be tough yeah uh, we wanted to go in there and get after it mm-hmm. and so you know i tried to pull as much i kind of was the ringleader at the time try to pull as much information as i could and we got better at you know programming i should say yeah yeah, yeah. it wasn't much you know periodization going on but right 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 um from our you know my freshman to my senior year 
Um, but we had good, you know, there was just good people in that in that facility too, uh -huh. um, to where you know Linscom. Um, so is that yes. your, so is your like, is that your coach, your strength and conditioning? Yeah. So, coach? Our, so our D coordinator was uh, Ron Linscom. He's also the wrestling coach um, up there for a long period of time. And his son Matt was two years ahead of me. He was our quarterback. Mm -hmm. And his brother Travis, you know, was kind of your all state wrestler. Guy had you know a twelve pack, which is just <laughs> like you know he's just like insane. Got muscles on his teeth. Yeah, he's insanely yeah. cut up. Um, super, super strong. Um, and he just got it. And he, he was another guy that, you know, in the community kind of took us under his wing. And they had uh, Dan Linscombe, you know, was in their family. So Scum was the strength and conditioning coach at Mesa for an extended period of time before okay. Swoop took over and then their most recent strength coach. Okay. Um, so they kind of got filtered stuff through him. Okay. And we were kind of doing that also on oh, top. Okay. And so uh -huh. over time I started getting a, a decent idea of what a, a good day See, that's pretty know, rad. I mean, like. you, you were paying attention. Yeah, right? like, I loved it. I loved every bit of it. I so. loved it too, but I just loved doing it. Like I didn't pay attention to like what we were doing. I just like if it was on the board, yep. that's what we did. And, and really any gains that I, I mean, because I didn't turn into a man until I was and barely a man. Like, like until, you know, until I was a junior, right? Yeah. A junior is when I, you know, hit 6'3", hit 200 pounds, started moving some weight on squat, and we were falling <laughs> bigger, faster, stronger also. Yep. Um, you know, three days, Monday. So we were Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yep. Uh, we would, you know, bench, incline, uh, do an auxiliary. So it was like a, and then like pull-ups or something like that. So it was like basic upper body, lower body. Yep. Um, and uh, we would, you know, kind of very basic. We'd start, you know, at 15s and then get to the 12s and the 10s and then the 6s. Yep. Very and then we get into the pyramids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know we'd hit maxes at the end of the, at the end of at, at the end of the summer, and then just kind of go in and then kind of maintenance lift from there. Yep. But it was at least a program. Oh no, and it works too. I mm -hmm. mean, for for high school athletes, just having that structure, I think, mm -hmm. is it's huge. You know, as opposed to walking into a gym and like, oh, my chest isn't sore. I'm gonna hit chest. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. you have this, and yeah. you should be going up this amount of weight right. because we're going down this amount for, of reps. Follow the and, prescription. Yep. When did you integrate nutrition, right? Because that was all, you know, yeah. sounds like you got a little bit of the same dialogue as me. I, you know, Coach Ragsdale ends up being my head coach my junior, my senior year. He'd sit me down a chocolate milk and a Otis Spunkmeyer chocolate, 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 chocolate chip muffin every day. Eat, son, eat, you know, and uh, told us to, you know, drink a Slim Fast with, uh, with dinner. And, you know, this is 2002 that I start drinking Muscle Blast which I'd buy from Walgreens. It came in this coffee can. It was like contact cement, tasted awful, and you farted for 30 years after. Like, I, I still got farts from that. Like, so real, like the supplement game was a lot different oh, at yeah. that time too. Yep. So when do you integrate nutrition into this, you know, lifting protocol yeah. you're developing yourself at a younger age? So super lucky, man, that, you know, um, my mom was really into it. And okay. in terms of, you know, like we would always, always sit down and it didn't matter if we're having hamburger helper or we're having ribeye steaks, you know, mm -hmm. you're sitting down as a family and you're eating. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was just, you know, kind of ingrained into me at an early age that you needed to, to eat well in yeah. order to fuel your body. So mom's cooking good. Or yeah. Dad's oh cooking yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. Always man. And, um, you know, I think I really, really started pushing it after my ACL, my sophomore year, okay. you know, had kind of one of those come to Jesus moments where yeah. it's like, it's time to get real about this. Like if you mm -hmm. want to 
you know, go play college ball. Uh -huh. um, you're going to have to outwork everyone in the room and everyone in the conference and everyone in the state, you right. know, um, kind of, you know, same guideline as you were. It's like I felt like, yeah, I had, you know, the baseline talent, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like I went out there and did things every day that made people go, wow, mm -hmm. you know, so I knew I, I had to, you know, yeah. attack it from from all other ends. Right. This will and, not be uh, quick. This will involve a lot of yes. suffering. Yes. Let's do it. Yep. You know, you know, put put your uh, you nose to the grindstone yeah. and, and put the blinders on and focus on the task at hand that day and mm -hmm. and keep chugging along. And so, I, you know, my my sophomore year and I was struggling to gain weight mm -hmm. and looking back on it now, it's just I was just overworking. And, yeah. you know, I was lifting seven days a week in season, um, mm -hmm. even when we had practices and stuff like that. I'd always try to go and get, you know, at least, you know, 45 minutes in after practice and walk in the door like a zombie, eat everything mm -hmm. that I possibly could <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then go to bed. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I really, really started paying attention to it. Yeah, that that year after I blew my knee out, that my junior year is when it was like, OK, um, started taking creatine, mm -hmm. um, started actually, you know, taking protein supplementation, just looking up guidelines online too. And, you know, there's so many different organizations that'll have different, you know, standards of, oh. of what you should have and stuff like that. So it was a lot fit, of fitness and supplement. Like you can join whatever religion you want, yep. you know, <clears throat> but did you end up getting into some of the solid stuff, you know, the pound per body weight or, you know, like where, what, what was like the good stuff that you encountered early? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I was, you know, like counting macros and checking micros and stuff right. like that. But, you know, I was taking a multivitamin. I was taking fish oil. I was taking creatine. I was taking um, whey protein. Uh -huh. And early on, you know, early on, it still was not that good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I remember when muscle milk initially came Ooh. out and yep. they had like cookies and cream. It was like, where did this come from? Yeah, like, I'm not gagging every time. What I'm angel? Anything down. What angel brought us this? That was my my. Uh, I got a present. I got a jug of Mocha Joe muscle milk for uh, my senior year. Because up until that, though, I was all slim fast. Yep. And I was the stinky kid eating boiled eggs and cans yep. of tuna, cooking. You know, I had a little George Foreman in my room at home where I would cook up fish sticks. And I just fucking, I just stunk, <laughs> right? And, uh, and, and so I was on like a, you know, my mindset was all, you know, food, 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 food. But then I got that jug of muscle milk. I was like, well, one, this is delicious. Way better than that muscle blast that I'm drinking. Um, and then I, I started to buy into the supplementation and, and rode supplements all the way through. So you're a sophomore and you start getting into yep. the supplementation, the good yep. shakes. Yep. And, you know, and it was I started prioritizing more, too, just because. I feel like with nutri nutrition in general, people just try to overcomplicate it so much. Oh, you know? yeah. And uh, it really just for me at that point in time just kind of hit me like, you know, eat your damn veggies. Yeah. And eat a ton of protein uh -huh. and get your carbohydrates. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I didn't really know necessarily everything that I was doing to my body in terms of, you know, what a carbohydrate is going to be doing for energy substrates, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, what's protein essentially going to be doing for, you know, the recovery process, getting, you know, complete proteins, complex mm -hmm. versus, you know, simple carb. Like, you know, I, that was not a thing at that point in time. It was just, you know, if we were eating, you know, sesame chicken and rice and oh, veggies, oh, yeah, I'm going to eat, you shovel. know, four or five, you know, uh, chicken thighs, I'm going to try to have two big old spoonfuls of rice and I'm going to try to eat, you know, as much veggies as I could. Um, but, you know, and like I said, for me, I think I became a very, very big eater early on just because I was doing so much. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I was ripped to the bone when I was a 
a junior and senior, especially in season. Mm -hmm. But then even in the off seasons, it was like, man, I could just never get above 200, never get above 200. Mm -hmm. And no mm -hmm. matter what I did, I'd do, you know, three packets of ramen immediately after I lifted with mm -hmm. two scoops of protein and be sick. And then an hour later, we'd have dinner. <laughs> and then I'd be having like cookies and milk before yeah, bed. Yeah, it sounds like, like you were man. really getting after it. Like, oh, yeah. Because I thought I ate, you know, oh, I got a tapeworm, you know, and I would do, you know, I did a whole little Caesars hot and ready and a bag of breadsticks and stuff like that. But it seems like you had a more sophisticated way of paying attention to what all that food actually was composed of, why you need it. And it sounded like you were really dedicated to this vision of playing, playing some college ball. Oh, yeah. So when does that idea into your mind? Is that a coach that says, hey, look, you know, college, did you have someone that you looked up to that went and played college? Like, where's that idea of playing college that you get so dedicated to <clears throat> that you're stuffing your face the way you are? When's that happen? I just, uh, I mean, sports in my family are huge, uh -huh. you know, and it's we weren't pushed by our parents or anything like that to do it. It was you know, just kind of a way of life for us. We're, you know, huge Oklahoma Sooner fans. My whole family, you know, on my dad's side's from uh, southeastern Oklahoma. So it was kind of like a second religion to us. Okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, Sooner games, it was the blinds were closed, the phone was unhooked, mm -hmm. and we're sitting there locked in and watching it. So, right. I mean, it was a big deal. And it was, you know, obviously, you, have, you know, aspirations every kid does to, you know, be on a big D1 level and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, for me, as you, as you get older, it was like, I just want to, you know, continue playing ball. Mm -hmm. I just love football, man. right? You know, through and through, it was, it was, you know, brought me some Sounds of like you loved best. all of football. Oh, yeah. Right? So, yeah. you, you know, yeah, a lot of people love playing in the games. Yep. A lot of people love the season, kind of. A lot of people might say they love practice right and then but it is a 365 sport and it's you know that love at first lift that's a huge deal in yep. my observation around ultimately being successful in getting to the next level and contributing oh no for sure it was if you know looking back on it and i tell our guys this all the time um you know the only reason that i got the time on the field that i did um was the stuff that i was doing you know outside of it mm -hmm. Um, and blessed that I had Gersick. You know, mm -hmm. one of your questions was, you know, did I have Kern? I did not have Kern. Uh -huh. um, it was – Obara was here at all my visit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but I had just met with Gersick. But, I mean, right away him and I hit it off. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just picked at him all the time. You know, what else can I be doing? Mm -hmm. And it was, I was still kind of in that same mindset when I was a freshman here. If I wanted to be in here five, six days a week. And he's like, dude, get out. Like, yeah. <laughs> you guys have ran for an hour yeah. and you guys lifted for an hour Go and a half. Go take a nap. Yeah, exactly. So – but he was, uh, you know, he he was uh, a very integral part in my success. Mm -hmm. um, but I just knew, you know, that, and like you said, it was a, a 365, mm -hmm. you know, 24-7 type thing with me. Um, I needed to be smarter mm -hmm. than the guys in my position and or, and or the guys that they were bringing in. Mm -hmm. um, I needed control, to study more you film. You needed to control anything that yep. you had Absolutely. influence over. Yep. So... What is your what's your senior year look like for you as far as playing, as far as how does your team perform, and what is your how does the recruiting process start going for you? So yeah, um, we had a good senior year, a really good senior year um, for you know for Moffat County. We'd been down in the in the past couple years, mm -hmm. um, but like I said, the guys that were around me, I think you know we had a 
it's like eight or nine guys that ended up being all conference. Nice. And uh, there was only one of them that wasn't, you know, lifting with us after school and stuff. Yeah. So I just had a, a good group of guys, man, that uh-huh. that really liked to work and get after it and held each other accountable. And the cool thing, you know, yeah. uh, that I tell people about growing up in a small town is like, you know, four or five of those guys that were, you know, a couple of the other ones were, were separate classes. But, I mean, I've been playing ball with those guys since I was five, six years old. Mm-hmm. Football, basketball, you know, everything. And mm-hmm. so extremely close. Um, and the, there was nothing that couldn't be said. You know, no one took things personal. There were fights that happened, yeah. you know. and uh, But we all knew at the end of the day that, you know, we were there for each other. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's, we had, good, we that's a good, solid, healthy confrontation between teammates, yep, right? Where yep. you're able to get on each other, you know, hey, get your foot behind the line. Yep. You're dogging it you know, push each other up against the lockers for this, that, and the other, you know, not necessarily for performance, but for process, you know, based uh, kind of activities, right? You're not going to class, dude, you're going to screw us. That's that's where I think the larger that that circle can grow within a team where you're holding each other accountable from a place of love and also from a place of credibility because you're actually doing the damn thing too. Like, that's a... That, that's a big deal, and that's where, you know, I see this transition from the 07, 08, 09, you know, kind of my era. It seems that that group of really dedicated staying here for the summer and lifting, like, that seems to start to grow. Yeah, but, no, um, absolutely. Sorry, sorry, I got on a tangent. Uh, but, uh, so, who's the first, like, how old are you when you first start talking to to colleges? Like, is Craig getting swarmed so, with uh, scouts? Like, what's that like? You know, I think that a lot of scouts thought I was going to keep growing. Yeah. And so early, early on, you know, I, it was end of my junior year, mm. kind of mm. in that off-season area. And I, I still don't even know what our dead periods are. Stuff changes all the time through Chassa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, you know, kind of talking with, believe it or not, NAU and UNC. Oh, wow. uh-huh. And so, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, like it, I might end up being, you know, D1 AA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all, you know, just based on, well, you know, we'll see how your senior year is going to be going and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, mm-hmm. had some interest from the RMAC. I was talking to Fort Lewis. I was talking to Western. I talked with Shatter a little bit. I talked to here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, New Mexico Highlands. Do you, remember, was, do you remember who you talked to here? It was so uh, the guy that actually recruited me the heaviest here was George Holly. George Holly. So powerful. Co- Coach Holly, man. George Holly Esquire, the 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 man, the, the man, the you know the the, the <clears throat> legendary linebacker, wiriest, feistiest dude you could ever meet. So George is the one. Yep. So Coach Holly was the one that initially reached out to me, and it was him and Bill uh, Senor. Okay. So yeah, Nesto. Nesto was a beast. Yep. And so you know that beast. was I remember coming on campus and. Uh, looking at him and just thinking like man i don't know if i can even play at this level because i mean his head was as wide as my shoulders and his he, shoulders he just his monster. shoulders wider than both those screens he's a coke machine with legs yeah right just a nasty nose guard yep, that's what that's what i heard so yeah so and, I, and we would do drills so he was my position coach for two years and he'd be like why can't you just do it like this and he just ragged all the piss out of you and i was like it's like because i'm not i wasn't you know for me to do that, coach, I need a time machine and different parents. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's what I that's what I need to be able to do. That he was a he was a monster. So is George. George is, George yep. is an absolute technician and just a, you know such a great mind for the game. Oh, brilliant! Um, so, so they're you know so they're digging you, they're bringing you here. You get to you come on a recruiting trip. Yep. So I came on and I didn't do an overnight or anything like that. We actually just came down uh, for the day. I came in early. 
Um, came in, watched a little bit of a lifting session. Mm-hmm. Um, they t- took us out to lunch. What was that lifting session like? So it was actually at that time they had it split up in a group. So it wasn't uh-huh. like it was packed or anything like that. Um, I remember the weight room Kern had it or it, I Kern, it was still set up the way Kern had it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the platforms were all over in the corner mm-hmm. and the racks were down the middle and everything like that. Yeah. And, uh, I, I remember walking over there and talking to Gersick and I believe the guy that was in here was Ashak. Yeah. And so Ashak was in here working on the platforms. Yeah. And he's, I mean, you know, everyone that was in that era knows, knows Ashak. I mean, powerful, powerful, professional football champion, professional football coach, Kevin Ashak. Yeah. But yeah, mutant. Yeah. Freaky. Uh I mean, just, and some of the stuff in my career, you know, watching him in the weight room and especially, you know, after he had like his ACL surgery, watching him just, you know, like 225 strict overhead barbell press standing. Yeah. And it's just like, a, come on, man. Yeah. Like he's, he was just, uh, you know, a different guy. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, so to get back to the recruiting a little bit, yeah, uh-huh. so I was initially, you know, I was talking to some of those D1AA schools, and NAU and UNC had both come out to Moffitt County. I did, you know, like a vert for them. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't run a 40 or anything like that. Um, you know, and at that time, I always said, you know, I peaked early. Uh-huh. So, you know, I was I was moving really, really well. I was just a little bit light. Uh-huh. But bo- the first visit both of them took, you know, the first thing they did, looked at the top of my head, looked at my feet, and I'm like, ah, they think I'm short, you know. Uh-huh. And so it was just uh-huh. kind of one of those things like, well, you know, like I'll, I'll just see where, you know, what shakes out my senior year. And then uh, after my senior year, you know, ended up being all state and stuff like that. Awesome. And, Congratulations. And, uh, you know, had a great year. And the team, uh, we ended up. Uh, winning or losing three games that year we got bumped out of the playoffs we were the 16 seed and I I want to say it was Alamosa mm. had won their conference and mm-hmm. was like six and five or something like that and it bumped us out so we, we ended up not being able to make the playoffs but it was the best year we had had in you know four or five years that's there. exciting and um, you know then that's kind of when there was a lot of traction um, with the RMAC, mm-hmm. and then I was also talking to a lot of like the D3s on the West Coast, Lewis okay. and Clark, mm-hmm. um, you know, schools in that area. I talked to Luther, you know, just it, there was, you know, very smaller uh, universities that I was talking with. Um, so, so what is the tipping point where you go, Adam State? So it's funny, right? So we come down on our visit, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of kids have this. You know, if you've been to, to Alamosa, um, you're not inner city it's it's not a big city you know mm-hmm. by any means and uh, I'd grown up in in something very very similar right and so you know I'd gone to Mesa at this time I'd gone to Mines at this time on my visits and stuff like that and um, was looking for something different and we came down here um, loved the coaching staff you know I, yeah. rem- I remember sitting in in the coaching offices and just BSing with them for five or six hours mm-hmm. um, you know and so I hit it off with them right away my parents really really liked you know the staff at the time um, and we we're on the way home mm-hmm. and I was like you know I, I, I don't know if it's you know right for me we'll see mm-hmm. and my parents just kept telling me we think you know I think it's a good fit we think it's a good fit we think okay. it's a good fit so I end up, I make, you know, the dumb mistake, high school kid, you know, trying to play out all my cards. Yeah. yeah. And um, I actually didn't commit on, you know. Signing day. Yeah, on signing day. Uh-huh. And so I remember my mom talking to me. We were looking over some of the D3s. I was into education, too. I'm a nerd. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Because if mine's just talking to you, sounds like you might have been handling business in the classroom, too. Yeah. And I always took that it pretty is serious. probably something that boded very well for you in the recruiting process. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, they're looking at me, a 6'3", 210-pound, you know, maybe a something, right, with a 2'9'2", 
and I had basically gotten C's and D's when I was a freshman and sophomore and then started taking it serious, like, there were, you know, the grades probably helped you. Yeah, no, uh, uh-huh. for sure they did. Um, and, you know, coming from that area, too, there wasn't I, – I don't think there was another kid out of the out of the conference that year that went and played um, the next level that year. You know, it was mm. usually we'd have one or two kids every year right. from the Western Slope League that would go somewhere and usually fall off. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it wasn't highly recruited. You know, we did a lot of reaching out. We were on uh, NCSA, you know, doing phone interviews with various coaches. You'd put your clips up every single week mm-hmm. and try to get out there, and coaches would call you. And that's, you know, how I got in touch with a lot. Um, but, you know, I had myself, you know, emailed, um, you know, various schools in the RMAC mm-hmm. and then, you know, yeah. off the ones, Fort Lewis, Mesa, Western, Mines, Adams. That's where, you know, that traction kind of uh-huh. kind of picked up. But, you know, anyway, so I didn't, uh, yeah, didn't uh, sign uh-huh. on signing day. And I remember sitting down at dinner and talking with my mom and she's like, you know, it's the other schools you're looking at are fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year and mm-hmm. we can't cover that. I just right. I grew up in a normal family. Now, you yeah. know, we're middle class and you know and uh, be economical about this. Yeah. So, you know, it's you know, kinda, you know, be smart about the situation. Uh-huh. And um, at that time, you know, it was just kinda like in my head, you know, living rent free, Adam State, Adam State, Adam State. It just you know, something told me to. And so I remember calling Coach Villasenor that next day and saying, you know, I want to be a Grizzly. And uh, he said, you know, that's great, but, you know, yesterday was National Signing Day. The scholarships are gone. If you still want to come, you can be a preferred walk-on. Okay. And so I said, yeah, no, absolutely, let's do it, you know. Wow. Um, so that's, you know, kind of how it all started. That's interesting. I mean, because I'm sure you might have had maybe something else on the table to at least like, oh, nothing. I'll go in. I'd rather have something over nothing, but – you uh sounds like you had some humble pie slash made some long-term business decisions you signed with the grizz yep yeah i know and it was i think you know at that point in time they were the first one that i called it was where i wanted to go and if you know if it was a no then it's like okay well let's go down you know the list of other teams in the Mm -hmm. rmac probably and uh, when he told me that i just figured immediately like okay all the other teams are gonna be saying the same thing yeah this is the place i want to go there's no point in you know saying Uh oh i need to think about it you know if this is where you want to go burn your boat and uh-huh. you know make that decision yeah and so yeah that's where it all started so <clears throat> when do you uh when do you come down to your report at camp in early, for, uh, in early august yep what did you do so because i'm also very interested to know you know based off of your experience and if it's changed anymore based off of the knowledge you've accumulated what'd you do to prepare yourself so to get myself ready i'm you know just I think they had sent out a workout program. I was doing that workout program in my old high school gym. Yep. They let me do their speed camp and stuff. So what did you do to prepare yourself? And it didn't. And they, they set anything up for you, like expectation wise, like hey, we want you to put on ten a lean, you know, before you come out. What was that? Yeah. Like? So it was. Um, they wanted me to put some size on mm-hmm. um, initially. You know, I think my senior weight on the roster was two fifteen, but I was probably two hundred five. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know, they wanted me to put on a little bit of weight. Um, and just so you know, at this time you're, too, you're a Marty Heaton special at that time, right? I mean, yeah. like, I think that's what Coach Heaton really likes as far as, hey, we're going to get a blue-collar kid, hard-nosed, hard worker. He's got some good tape. And that body type has done a lot for Adam oh, State. For sure. Uh-huh. For sure. Kind of the tweeners. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so – and but at the time, too, I was, I was not sure um, – 
from my understanding, it was, you know, I was going to be coming here to play defense, really. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so, and I, either way, I didn't care, man. I wanted to play were college you, were, ball. Were you signed as a linebacker? Yeah. And yep. so, Adam State School linebackers, baby. <laughs> so, uh, um, I had reached out to Gersick. Uh-huh. You know, I was one of those, prob- he probably hated me at the Dude, time. Dude, you one do of those, so much smart stuff. One of, the, one of those kids, you know, that's, you know, emailing, emailing, emailing at the time. You know, I was like the classic kid where it's like, oh, he probably doesn't have a whole lot going on, you know. In hindsight, 2020, <laughs> Oregon yeah. was 650 Don't take this the right way, but I mean, like, a lot, of, a lot of the reason I was in the weight room all the time, I didn't have a lot of other cool stuff to do, and I could wrap my identity up in this thing. Yep. And I, I wasn't about goofing off the way some of my other peers you know were goofing off so don't be don't be too hard on yourself I yeah mean. so yeah so i'd reached out to gers mm-hmm. and uh he sent over a, a you know kind of player preparation packet mm-hmm. um and there was no running in the in the spring mm-hmm. um so it was just lifting man mm-hmm. and it was four days a week um you know as we all know that i've had gersick the periodization was phenomenal mm-hmm. um i put on like you know 15 pounds that spring after basketball mm-hmm. um got super super strong and then uh, he sent out the summer packets and that's when we started doing you know more of our strength and conditioning started doing mm-hmm. you know more sprint work plyometric work and coming from a smaller school we did stuff but i'd never you know been around stuff that structured right so I mean, I just blew up, and I think I ended up coming in and reporting at about 220, Ooh. and yeah, oh, and boy. so he had put some good size on me. Were you doing it on the solo? Did you have a couple of the boys? Yeah, shout out, man, out? my 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 dude, Michael Samuelson. So yeah. he uh, and he was a, a kid that actually played at Mesa. Okay, he was two years younger than me, but he was kind of on the same path, man. He loved working hard. Mm-hmm. His family had raised him that way. He loved lifting weights, mm-hmm. and so he was a, a sophomore, going to be a junior going into his junior year and i mean every day man that we had running we'd take his his lab out there we'd take his dog out there and play a little fetch and then mm-hmm. it was like all right let's it's time to run mm-hmm. and so we would we'd go out there you know probably 10 10 11 in the afternoon mm-hmm. and go run at the high school stadium and then in the evenings about five o'clock at night we'd go in and we'd go lift together and so mm-hmm. he was there for every single one man like we you know held each other accountable we would eat meals together all that so mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was the, the ride or die in terms of, of a training partner early what, on. What, I mean, that, that's the steel to sharpen yourself on, you know, that is a, that's a huge component. You know, my boy, Jake Anderson, my best friend, he was my training partner. He would still train with me, but he was getting, you know, he was getting ready to go up to NAU, be an RA, get his prereqs done for med school. And so... Uh, you know, we would work out together, but yeah. it wasn't the same way we were working out together, you know, the summers, yeah. the summers before. So I just kind of had to be around it and still kind of, you know, in Apache Junction, I was still kind of like a pace setter as far as like do what you're told to do. Like that was a semi-new concept. Yeah. So powerful to have that lifting part. Oh, no, for sure. It made a, it made a huge difference, man. Um, you know, and he was a freak too. I mean, yeah. he, he was a kid that he's two years younger than me and it's like, man, he's throwing around weight that's similar to mine. Like I got to get my shit together because... Uh-huh. You know, I can only imagine what guys at the collegiate level were doing. And uh-huh. so, you know, it was it was always good for, for us, man. We, we pushed each other hard. And, and so I came in, and I was in good shape. I passed the 300s, thank Woo! God. My yep. butt cheeks were clinched for 30 minutes straight after. I as mean, a tight uh, – so did you, they, they put you in the 60s? Yep, so I was okay. a 60 group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, we ran it on Did the, you run the 300 before you got here? Oh, yeah. And okay. so in, in Gersick's program, I, you know, if I can remember correctly, in May we ended up running like one or two every Friday after doing – it was 
you know, you did, it was more of your, your anaerobic capacity type stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you were doing that as well mm -hmm. at the end, it was your mm -hmm. finisher for the week. Um, and then in June it was two or three. And then in July it was three or four. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you get to the point where you're just, you're used to it. You get your pace down and everything yeah. like that. But then I remember, you know, coming here and, uh, we were on the old, I believe it was the old soccer field. Yep. And the grass is eight inches long <laughs> and it's like coned yeah. off and you're like, it looks like it's 35 yards. The opposite yards. of the water conservation project yeah, that we yes, have going on. Yeah, now. exactly. It was a forest, man. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember getting my first one done and leaning up against that fence and I could just feel, you know, just all the lactic acid, all the all hydrogen burns, ion accumulation was so just, good, yeah. yeah. And my cheeks were locked up <laughs> and I was like, all right, just get through it, man. You know, he's one of those things you just had to do, but, but mm -hmm. yeah, so no, everything that, that Gersa could put me on prepared me, you mm -hmm. know, perfect for it. I came in and I felt great. So, mm -hmm. um, so what's that red shirt, red shirt year like for you? Uh, how do you assimilate yourself in the dorms? Which dorms you stay in? Coronado B wing. B wing. And so I go. think it was the, the one that was last renovated. So it was, uh -huh. you know, we were, we yeah. were in the, the tougher, tougher, uh, dorms. Yeah. 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 It's a little, uh, a little rough. Yeah. A little rough, and yeah. that would have been the, the the way that I would have experienced it too, with the brick walls and yeah, like you the know, that, tile floors that used yeah. to be white, but they're yellow. <laughs> yeah, the the the, the uh, smoker yellow uh, linoleum. Uh, what was it like for you making the transition to college? To who were your fast friends when you got here? So right away, um, Connor Stevens. Yeah, uh, immediately. Um, <clears throat> I had a. Uh, roommate that was on the team he was a punter actually mm -hmm. Bart Schleicher and he was from BV mm -hmm. and so I met Big O through him okay yeah Big O so, and so me and Big O you know kind of hit it off right away uh, but in terms of you know someone that you know kind of had the same mindset as me and took school serious and all that mm -hmm. Connor and I hit it off right away and are you guys both um, like true freshmen at the same so time? no he was actually a sophomore but he's okay. living in the dorm still okay and so and then Matthiason Okay. As well, Derek Mathiason was in the dorms too. So I got shout out to the boys. Yeah, heck yeah. So I got close with them, you know, right away. Um, and then another one would be Brent Lush. And okay. so he was Connor and Lush were, you know, it was our, our first day of fall camp. And I walked in and I was on the first rack here when you walk in. And I remember him hitting like, you know, there was 405 on the bar. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try. Like, I'm going to keep. So, I, you know, I walk up, hey, man, can I lift with you guys? And they both kind of smirked. And like, if you can keep up, yeah, like, mm -hmm. ride it, you know, all right. go ahead. All right, pup. And so those that was, you know, us three kind of trained together through Lush's career. There you go. Um, that uh, Is that a common occurrence for you? I mean, like, <clears throat> walking in, who's the big dog? All right, let's go get in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to think I want to surround myself, you know, with the best people. Uh-huh in the room and so maybe it was just because it was the first rack you know a shack could have been in the corner hitting 700 pounds and i didn't <laughs> see it but uh you know i walked in and you know they had four wheels on and i'm like all right Ooh, like these, are, for a ride, these are kids that you know i can i can get better with right i mess with this and so and they ended up being just muscle dummies it was a, a perfect trio man yeah uh, you know lush was a junior he was a gotta sophomore. love the boot squad baby i was a freshman and so uh -huh. i got i gotta enjoy lifting with them um you know through fall camp uh -huh. and then they kind of split us up and so that year, it, you know, red shirts had their separate times, mm -hmm. um, and Gersick blew us up. How big and was your so, uh, class that had come in? Oh, and man, what did it I want to say like, between like 50 and 60 kids. Woo! And so, yeah, it was a big class. And, you know, and we ended 2011? up. 2011? Yep. Okay. Yep, fall 2011. So mm -hmm. it's 50, 60 kids. It was a pretty dang big group. Yeah. And we ended up having, like, five or six. 
my, yeah. se- my senior year that, you know, nutrition's I've, a son of a gun. Like, so I talk with Levi Gallus now, D coordinator, Carney. Uh, we all came in. They had had the number one defense in the nation in 2004. We were the recruiting class. We came in for the fall of 2005. So big class, 55, yeah. maybe <clears throat> something like that. Um, and we had 17 of us that maybe stuck it all the yeah. way through. So still and, a little and, better, but. Yeah, yeah, so, but he's like, that's not really a normal thing. Like, it's usually, you know, a higher rate of attrition where you do have five or six yep. that survive that, you know, that, yeah, that's a good word, survive the, you know, the transitions into college and all the other stuff that goes into it. Yep. So what about, what about class-wise, right? So you find the, you know, you find the goon squad. Did you just go ahead and carve out your, you know, your seat? I don't know if they were in the East Campus yet for HPPE. Were they still here in Plucky? So, yeah, initially that first year, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that first year we had, like, you know, like our CPR first aid class or whatever, you know, it was. It was HPPE 101 mm-hmm. was in here. There was a couple classes that we had in here because it was – they had not turned it into locker rooms yet. Mm-hmm. And so the majority of that was over here. And mm-hmm. then I want to say my – was either my – I think it was my junior year we got transitioned over to – East campus. So. Any question about what you were going to major in? No, so I knew right away that that I wanted to do something exercise science, kinesis, yeah. you know, along that route. I'm sure that they sold that to you good on like every really interested lefty is a good place. Yep, uh, yep. And so go to max. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so you know, and it does. The program here is great. Yeah. Um, but you know, early on, I had this dream of you know just kind of having my own facility mm-hmm. um, and doing like elite level athlete preparation. Wow. Um, so that was you know kind of where you know I thought I was headed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know then just you know over the years talking with Gersick, I spent so much time behind this desk. You yeah. know as an, as an yeah. undergraduate, I'm sure he just wanted me to get the hell out so he could get some work done. <laughs> but you know I'd yeah. come back here on lunch and sit here and eat my lunch with him and just talk uh-huh. about random stuff we you know learn in class and. Uh-huh. A lot well, of period. That's a pretty rad stuff. mentor. Right? Oh, it's all like, he was I've been around awesome, the periphery man. of Gersick. I haven't spent a lot of, you know, close time because we were, you know, I think he's a, a year older than me. Um, you know, so I so my first experience in the Adam State weight room, Gersick and his brother yoked, they're lifting in there. And then there's Opalani Vipulu, who's a two hundred and ninety pound defensive end. Uh, Nesto's in there, a guy named Leonard Simagist, who's 270 pounds of muscles on his teeth from a Canadian cat, and uh, Jason Seymour and Adam Warren. Like, and I, like, I go and look in the weight room, and then, you know, Adam Warren's pressing 315 for 12, and I'm like, oh, and they're like, I'm like, what position is that guy? And he's 29, right? He's got a mustache and he's bald, right? And I go, what position is that guy play? He's like, oh, yeah, that's a defensive end. I was like, what am I doing here? What am, Time to what work. am I doing here? But I got to be around Gersick and, and watch him, you know, watch his work ethic, watch the variation that he was bringing into the weight room with the guys that he was working with. He was working with Derek Woodski. He yep. went to work with a lot of pretty rad people and just a strong mofo. So he must have been a rad mentor for you. Yeah, no, he uh... – he uh, super patient with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure when I was a freshman, sophomore, I was asking some dumb questions. Oh, I'm sure. And he's sitting here rolling his eyes, but he always took the time, man, yeah. to, to give me the time. You know, it was yeah. every time I came in here, I felt like, you know, I was learning something. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a uh, very, very integral part of me becoming a strength and conditioning coach because, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, at first it was like, I want to go out to, you know, California or Florida or be in Texas and, 
somehow find a way to get a business loan yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or work my way up, you know, in a yeah. place that you know, does out. combine prep type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, try to branch out. But then, mm-hmm. you know, after kind of seeing everything he had done for us, um, you know, you, you get the opportunity instead of changing, you know, five or six guys lives with, you know, maybe making it to, to a pro level. Mm-hmm. Here we're going with 150 athletes a year for football. You get to make a real big difference yeah. with. And you've yeah. made it some of those. And I've gotten some anecdotal, uh, you know, I've just gotten some stories from you and Friday and stuff like that. But uh, so tell me about you know tell me about your seasons memorable seasons memorable players you know i believe you're a part of the the eight and three season yep, yep. yeah so that was uh that was my first year actually playing so that was uh my redshirt freshman year mm-hmm. what was it like watching them guys get after insane you? um you know it was like dogs yeah at that time it was like man i'm happy i'm on offense because i get to watch our defense uh-huh. like i mean i can't remember where we were ranked that year and the year after, but it was, and even on my redshirt year, I mean, we had to be top five every single Salty year. Bunch. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just awesome kind of watching them operate. Mm-hmm. Um, and even my redshirt year, man, when we had guys, you know, I, I look back. You well, know, you get to spend time with that defense then, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Because you're running, you're running, you're running scout team. Yep. I mean, in yep. scout teams, this is my, one of my favorite experiences. So what was that scout team? I like? loved it, man. I, I really did. Um, we had Coach T. Uh-huh. Tutu Mariner was our yeah, yeah, yeah. was our scout coach at the time, uh-huh. um, and it was fun for me, man. They had you know it was kind of this the same thing. I, I really liked it because it reminded me of of high school, mm-hmm. where it's like okay, we're playing Carney. They kind of have you know this offset tight end slash fullback. That's mm-hmm. what you're going to play this week. Yeah, uh, you know we're playing Mines. They got a bigger wide receiver. That's what you're going to be playing because I was still in that tweener stage. I was yeah, about yeah. two twenty, um, could still move pretty decent, and uh, so I got to you know play all over on offense. But, you know, just thinking about that team, um, you know, you got guys, um, Fabrice Nolan. Oh, you got Buckets Rocco, Breezy, baby. You got Rocco. Uh-huh. You got Connor Stevens. You got Brent Lush. You got James Ackle. You got Jake Long. You got, uh-huh. I mean, you know, the line was. It's a big DN. What was his name? Brown. Cody Brown? Cody Brown. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, it was, you know, I, I think a lot of that prepared me to actually play you know, that next year at the, at that level. Oh, for sure. Because it was, you know, one of those things where it was like, I remember that, you know, the first game I'd played my redshirt freshman year. And I was, you know, at the time, you know, t- um, kind of flipping time with Brandon Murray. Mm-hmm. And B. He, Murray. Yeah, yeah B. B. Murray. Murray. So he starts that for that first game. And I remember kind of going in just thinking like, man, this is way easier than what I had to deal with. Oh, yeah. You know, compared to, you know, to people Coach coming Heaton's at you defense. from 50 different yeah. angles yep. and stuff like and that. And I always tell our guys here, too, you know, it was – I was a huge, you know, uh, huge learning opportunity for me because mm-hmm. um, I was a guy that took pride in watching a ton of film. And, you know, by, mm-hmm. by Wednesday or Thursday, Tuesday or Wednesday, really, if I felt like I didn't have their defense down, I was, you know, a little bit worried. Mm-hmm. But with Coach Heaton, it was like every single fall camp, you know, I'm here in White I'm like, okay, they're in some kind of variation, man, you mm-hmm. know. But how are they going to, you know, flip-flop, pre-snap, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Connor Stevens would be out there yelling five, six, seven different things before the ball gets snapped. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, the, the defense that I saw in front of me is not what's happening mm-hmm. once the ball is snapped. So, um, you know, huge learning opportunity. But, you know, redshirt year was great, man. Redshirt year, great time to play. Like, play in the sense of, like, you're responsible, you're going to do a good job as a scout team, or you're going to give them the look that they need you to give them. But you also can do – stuff without getting chewed out too hard as far as like messing around with spin moves and yeah, stuff no, like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, it was, and it was, I, I think, too, just a great opportunity. Um, you know, like I'd kind of said, um, just playing against better athletes. Yeah. 
plain and simple. I mean, the, the, you know, those are the guys that prepared me mm-hmm. to actually be able to, you know, handle stuff my retro freshman, my sophomore, junior, mm-hmm. and senior year. You know, um, it, overall, just it was a it was one of my favorite years, honestly, of playing ball too. And it was, I mean, I'm a muscle dummy. Mm-hmm. I nerd out with you know all the periodization stuff and nutrition yeah. and all that too. But I love that we were still, you know, coming in here and lifting hard mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, still had that side, um, you know, of athletics during the season, you know, where in season you're, you know, you're probably lifting twice a week, maybe doing a recovery right, day. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're getting after it four days a week still. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had Scout Bowl, too. And Scout, Scout Bowl, Bowl was, was awesome. the best. Yep. So, you know, Scout Bowl was it was Thursdays, right? So mm-hmm. on Thursdays. Um, we'd get together and they'd have it just kind of randomly split up. Mm-hmm. And so you get to go out and, you know, kind of knocking, you know, knock yeah. heads with the guys that um, you're competing with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you sure. know, they're, they're guys that are that are in your class or maybe one class ahead of you. Um, but they're the guys that you're trying to outlift every single day. Mm-hmm. They're the guys that, you know, you're you're competing with. You got the older guys spot. on the sideline, yes. right? You make yeah. a play or something like that. Woo, that's what we're doing. You know, that's, yep. that's it. That's you finally it. got to play some full contact yeah. football where it wasn't like, you know, and even being tight end, like you, you can't chop block when you're going up against right, Fabrice right, right. Nolan. Right. right. You do that, your you're, ass is getting ripped. You have a problem. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, but then you go out and scout ball, and it's like, I can just go play. Like, right. I can finally, you know, get, just go play football. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that was one of my favorite things, uh, you know, about that, that red shirt year. So, so you transitions, <laughs> you're splitting some time with B. Murray, powerful Brandon Murray. And then what's the rest of your career? How does it, uh, how does it develop? What's it look like? So, you know, we'd kind of talked on it a little bit earlier, um, but I just, you know, kind of burnt my boat, fully mm-hmm. committed to, you know, listening to whatever my position coach was saying, OC mm-hmm. was saying. Coach Heaton was saying. Who was your position coach at that time? So at that time we had Sersha. Okay. So uh, Phil Sersha, and he was one of my absolute favorite coaches at any level in any sport. Uh-huh. Um, just, you know, an awesome, awesome guy. Took care of us, um, and he coached his ass off for us. Mm-hmm. You know, he really did get us um, fundamentally sound and get us prepared. Um, was thorough in film, game and, prep, all and that. And who, uh, who was OC when you came in? Was it still Wassinger? So, yeah, Wassinger initially, and then we had okay. Justin Holland after that. Justin Holland. He was the CSU quarterback yep. kid? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. Uh-huh. And so, um, yeah, so that, you know, having them just – I stayed here all summer long. Yeah. I'd, I'd go home for one or two weeks tops. Right, right, right. Um, and Did then you I, do that all of your years? Yeah. a boy. That's yep. a good So the, the only year I didn't was the year I was actually just coming in as a freshman. Um, but every year after that, it was, you know, go home for a week or two, and then it's time to get back to work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even, you know, me loving the gym, and, you know, I've always been, been into this. You'd go home and you'd have some good lifts and you think you're doing, you know, what you need yeah. to do. And then the moment you get back, you realize it's just a totally different. Atmosphere. This is different. Yeah, yeah, it's totally different. Guys are throwing around heavier weight. Mm-hmm. The energy is different. The weight room's different. You know, I always joke that you walk into this weight room, you're automatically going to go up and max is 20 to 30 the pounds. Power plant, There's something about you know, it, man. The power plant moniker is uh, exactly. You cannot match the environment and just the overall human spirit where you know, you guys wanted like, hey, you got this. Lightweight, baby. Yep, yep. Yeah. And so, um, you know, doing that, um, I think had a huge, huge effect on all my playing time. What was the uh, what was the group looking like at that time? So it was, it was smaller. Um, you uh-huh. know, we saw we had a lot of guys in, and it was starters were here, plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, you might have a trickle in in May. Right. Um, but the majority of the guys all had the same plan. We're going home for about 10 days. Right. 
And Gers would tell us, you know, just go relax for a week. Right. You know, you guys have been working your tails off. You guys have your morning runs. You guys have, you know, spring ball, all right. that stuff. You just get done with finals. You've been lifting hard. Just go take a week, you know, to kind of, to you know, decompress, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hit the reset button and then come back and be ready to Which work. It's definitely enough. I mean, like I had the FOMO, you know, my first two years. So I went home for the summer and I got after it, but ain't the same it's as. It's not the same, yeah, cause, you know. Because it's my uh, junior year, Marty comes back, and along with Marty, and now we had had, like our programming, I don't think was very good. I don't mean to be critical, but no designated strength and conditioning coach. My freshman year, the programming was, I want to say it was all 12s or something like that on Mondays. So that was bench, incline, squat, cleans and shoulder press and then you do the same lifts sixes on wednesday and then you would do a pyramid on fridays yeah, right daily undulations if, if you still, say no, so not, right? a, not a lot of variation well, then when I, and, and there definitely wasn't selection. anybody explaining to us you know what was going on yeah right? yep and then when you know we had had some exposure coach pasquale was there at the time he would just thrash our cores we're doing you know 20 minutes of all the abs and i think that was useful but my first exposure maybe like real good strength and conditioning was Derek woodski i don't yeah. know if you're familiar with Derek woodski so i i've you know not been lucky enough to meet him in person it's someone mm-hmm. i do want to you know at some point in time cross path was for sure because um, i know he was a, a big mentor for gersick yeah but I mean, even you know the stuff that Woodski shared with Gersick, Gersick has shared with me, mm-hmm. and the guy is brilliant. I oh, mean, super legit! I believe he's in the United Arab Emirates, like working for some princes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I know that for, for a for a period of time, you know, he was doing that kind of stuff. And um, more recently, he's got you know I follow him for mm-hmm. sure on every because he's, yeah, he's yeah, brilliant, yeah. man. It's a guy right, that right, you're right. like you know you see him doing something crazy, and it's like why is he doing this? And yeah. then. You know he's uh, he's pretty good at being open about with his programming and what's going on. Why it he's it doing was it. his set pattern that guy was the first time I pressed over. You know, it was the first time I benched over 300 pounds because he had us in this contract. I think you'd call it a contract. You do a, a heavy set of two, uh, then a set of eight, and then you do a, yep. a heavy single and then a set of six. Yep. And I was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yep. But you know, it's probably I pressed like it, you know, one six, one six, one six. Yeah, 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 it works, so, man. It gets you strong. For sure, for sure. And so <clears> that was that was very interesting. We had had a gentleman named Coach Wilson who was the assistant D coordinator, maybe the secondary coach for a little bit. And he put us through, you know, Heaton was trying to burn the burn the field to get all the snakes out when he came back. So we mm-hmm. did these four quarter drills where everyone's, you know, they're in a plank and then, okay, ice skaters, you know, it was just, you know, really did a good job of breaking us down, but a lot of us got jacked off of that. And, uh, but then they bring in Ben Kern, right? And Ben Kern, to my understanding, is the first dedicated strength and conditioning coach. Um, And he, he, I think he was, a you know, I think he was above his time. We were doing a lot of the crossfit type stuff. We were overhead squatting. Uh, he put a rubber band on the rack. He's like, okay, this is where your butt has to hit for it to count as a squat. We're like, what? Yep. What? What do you mean yep. we can't do quarter squats anymore, right? Yep. Little... And so he was, you know, athletic lifts, full range of motion, getting us in reverse bench, doing a bunch of stuff that uh, was 
definitely new to us, and I don't think it was as well received as maybe as it could have been. And he was a new strength coach, so I'm sure he was learning too. But that was our first exposure to a legitimate strength and conditioning coach. I'm sure that he's the one who parted out all this stuff and made the big purchases when Larry was renovating the place. Um, And uh, so, I don't know, why did I go on that tangent? First exposure? I'm trying well, to think where it started, too. I guess it's not – oh, okay, so here's my point was we got to spend – there was maybe a dozen of us my junior year here during the summer. Oh, yeah. Yep. Grilling, getting after it. He had some wicked sprint sequences for us. and made, you know. But, you know, I look back on it. Like he was building our aerobic base. Like he was doing a lot of really, really smart stuff that I didn't understand was smart stuff at the time. Um, but that next year – that group grew a little bit, you know, and by, you know, and we had been, you know, soliciting, you know, Rocco, James Ackle, you know, stay here. And uh, in the podcast with Rocco, Rocco says, like, hey, that's one of the things I wish I would have done different was stay here yep. during the summer. So figure it out. Sleep on couches. Yep. Stay here and train during the summer. It's not the same at home. You're not no. missing out on anything. Go home for a week. Yep. Come back and get after it. Yep. No, for sure. And it's, you know, it's, I think to kind of get back to the root of the question, too, you know, um, the rest of the experience, you know, at that time was, you know, and our guys, I want to say 2012, 13, 14, we probably averaged 20 to 30 in June and mm-hmm. 30 to 40 in July. Last week of July, you better be here if yeah. you're a returning guy right. type thing. Um, and, you know, for those guys, it was a rude awakening because the ones that have been here, you know, we've been on this, you know, accumulation of volume mm-hmm. um, with Gersick. And, you know, if you hadn't done anything, you're coming in, you're probably going to have doms for five or six days, yeah. you know. It's, a, it's um, an issue. Yeah. And so um, it, it's a huge, huge part of, of success, you know, in any program um, at the collegiate level for football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, D2, we can't, can't scholarship right. summer. Mm-hmm. And so you can't make it mandatory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you, you, one of the things that you were going to ask, you know, is, you know, about, you know, the summer buy-in yeah. recently. And, um, you know, I remember when I first started coaching, there wasn't a big push for it. Um, I really tried to get a push for it. But, you know, it was one of those things where the staff in general just, you know, kind of thought, you know, they're going to they're college athletes. They can hold themselves accountable and and they're going to, you know, do what they need to do. Um, But, you know, slowly over time, because I've been, you know, the head for football for going on my seventh year. Mm -hmm. And so I was super lucky in my transition, you know, right when I got done and I'm starting my master's program. Um, you know, Gersick trusted me. Mm-hmm. So I've been programming for him, um, all of it. You know, he's been hands-off on everything mm-hmm. um, except for, you know, input, which is always knowledgeable input, you know, mm-hmm. um, here and there along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but slowly over time, you know, we got to where it's like, okay, now we're at 30 in June. Now mm-hmm. we're at 40 in June. Now we're at 50 in yeah. June. And so, you know, this year it was, you know, right around 50 guys, um, like June 6th, I think, is when we asked them, you know, if they would come back for, you know, an official report date, um, you know. And there was a ton of guys that had transferred in that were already here. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, shoot, by July 1st, there's Mm -hmm. 75 guys out on the field. And I'm thinking, you know, this is amazing. Yeah. For for a Division II program. I saw a lot of big guys. Yeah. Like, I I was like, oh, these are clearly all O-linemen doing O-linemen stuff that looked pretty darn structured uh organized and and effective yep. right because i did plenty of goofing around where it's like oh yeah this is work but 
yeah. You want to run the, the most so out of your time, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, no, I mean, this last summer was phenomenal in terms of um, the amount of bodies that we had out there this mm -hmm. summer. Very and, encouraging. Uh, very much so. And, you know, it, it shows in we're so close. And, you know, everyone that's avid with this and all the alumni, they're following it. Yeah. And, you know, there's three or four games where it's, you know, three-point games. and Big time. And so, you know, you're right there. You know you're right there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, physically, it's just the best we've been in a, in a very, very long time. That's great. Um, you know, when, you got, when you're running guys on two 300s the beginning of July mm -hmm. and guys on, you know, on a legitimate 25-yard are, are burning it by seven, eight seconds, you're like, you know, this is, this is where we need to be. We need to be ahead mm -hmm. of the curve, you know. And um, – so, you know, it's it's huge, too, I think, where a lot of guys don't realize how big it is, is in the little details, mm -hmm. um, your mechanics. Yep. Um, you know, and, you know, I always – you'll see memes on Instagram or, you know, any kind of blog, stuff like that, and it's just, you know, classic stuff. Like, you know, you don't do anything all summer, and then you show up to fall camp and you expect your body to be ready, and it's like Oop. that equals injury and no playing time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think what we saw, you know, this year um, – very very minimal injuries mm. and it, it had it, it's a huge part you know it's not necessarily me programming um it's the guys coming and, and yeah. just preparing their bodies preventable and, injuries yeah and yeah. you know the quad strains and the hamstrings mm -hmm. and pulled you know arch of the foot and just you know little things you know patellar quad tendonitis yeah. uh, we had a lot of guys in the past that had dealt with that stuff right but then with this large group coming in um, you know, doing what they needed to do, mm -hmm. uh, they get into fall camp, and it's like we've been doing this, we've been running. Yeah. You know that we'd have them come in, and and I run them first, 7 a.m. They're coming in, and we'll do a long, long, you know, activation kind of like there you would do for a track and field athlete. Mm -hmm. And then you know, Monday sprints, Tuesdays plows, mm -hmm. Thursdays change of direction, Fridays more of your you know repeated bouts of sprinting, and then mm -hmm. you have some kind of pretty much physical fitness yeah. type test. Well, let, let, let's talk about how you got to this level of sophistication here, right? So. You've had your experience as an athlete, uh, putting in the work in the summers, you know, hammering those eggs, doing the things that you need to do. Tell me about wrapping up, graduating, uh, pre-high GPA. What was that? What was your GPA when you graduated? Oh, I don't know. I, I think I was like 3.8, somewhere okay, around yeah. there. Super. I'm sure you got the New Hampshire Honor Society yeah, Award signed yeah. by Archie Manning and stuff. Congratulations on that. Um, what was it like when you were done? Because you've been in the periphery, but, yeah. like, tell me a little bit about that transition. Because I was at an existential crisis. Like, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go be a professional. I can't be going to the bars with the boys anymore, right? It's not my team anymore. I'm going to look like a loser. Like, so tell me about that transition yeah, for you. Yeah, so, uh, you know, kind of interesting. I was still I was still set on, on going and, and being a trainer somewhere. Mm -hmm. And um, my brother lives out in L.A., Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know, I'm going to go sleep on his couch for two or three months to try yeah. to find a way to make it. Mm -hmm. And uh, funny enough, you know, in between that time frame, so I, I graduated like December 15th. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, I need to find a way to make some money. I knew my parents, you know, they're, you're an adult. Right. It's time for you to support your damn right. self. Fly, baby bird. Yeah, yeah. And so I had just went over to the Anytime Fitness here and mm -hmm. uh, went in and asked if they're hiring. And I ended up sitting down and having a conversation about this long with the, the manager at the mm -hmm. time. And Let's talk, Eddie. Yeah, so uh -huh. yeah, Eddie Valdez, and so uh, we had, we'd sat there and kind of just BS. How for, long had that have been up and running at that point? Oh man, I don't know, probably probably three years, two, okay. three, four years, something uh -huh. like that. 
and um, he hired me on the spot. I got super lucky. We hit it off right away. Mm-hmm. Started doing personal training. Started kind of building that business. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of moved into an assistant manager position, and then Eddie was off one day at, at lunch, and he probably doesn't even know this, so uh-huh. it'd be news to him. But um, Rosenbaugh was the head coach at the time. Uh huh. And I, I get a phone call. You know, what's up, Rosen? Yeah. When, when are you taking lunch? I was like, I don't take lunch. Like, uh-huh. I need to make money, you know. Uh-huh. Doing PT, that's when they right, come right, in. Right. And uh, he's like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to be over there in about a half hour. I'm like, all right. Eddie had left for lunch, and Rose came in. He's like, let's go sit in the office. We need to talk. And, uh, you know, told me that, you know, he's been wanting someone to do strictly with football. And um, he said, you know, I think you're the guy. I was sitting there last nice. night thinking about it and, you know, thinking about your work ethic and, you know, whatever. And, you know, we, we want you to be the guy. And so at that point in time. How does he know who you are? Rose. Because so he, he he's your, okay. It was my senior your year. Se- okay, yep. I got you. I got yep. you. So he came in the spring going into my senior year, and then I played my senior year for, for Coach Rosenbach. Okay. And so, um, yeah, he told me, you know, he wanted me to be the guy. Um, you know, he's a businessman. We're going to figure yeah. out your master's program, all that stuff. Right. You don't got to worry about it, but you need to, you know, this is what you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much what he told me. Yeah, he quarterbacked you. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, that night I get a call from Gersick, and he's like, oh, I heard you already talked to Rosenbaugh. And, you know, my biggest thing was, you know, like, are we working side by side? You know, what are we going to be doing? You know, what do I need to do to make things better in here? And uh, it was kind of, you know, yeah, you got to follow Title IX. You're going to work with probably softball or women's basketball or something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, But you're going to be primarily focusing on football. So I'm like, all right, I'm in, you know, I'm nice. in right away. And uh, so I, you know, end up kind of accepting you know, taking over. And how long had you been a civilian at that point? So it, uh, that was in March. And okay. so, I mean, it only been a couple months. So it was pretty quick. Yeah. And like you said, it was kind of, you know, like one of those things you go home and like all I could think about was like, man, the guys are lifting right now. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's Wednesday night. I should be going to bed because we got morning runs at 530 yeah. in the morning. Uh-huh, and so, uh-huh. you know, you just you've just lived it for, you know, it's been your entire life. Oh, yeah. Especially for, when you pour into it. You yep. Know? Yep. And so. You know, I missed it, I, but I didn't realize how much I missed it, you know, at the time. And then uh, Rose was like, oh, it's great. You know, you can start in August. You know, and I, you know, essentially, you know, in a, a less professional way, told him, screw that. Yeah. I'm starting in May. See you tomorrow. I'm, yeah, I'm starting. In, so I, when do you take lunch? So I'm starting in May <laughs> is what I told him. Uh-huh. And so I started doing the, the summer programming and stuff like that that summer. And uh, I was lucky because, you know, there were still 15, 16 seniors on the team. Uh-huh. And it wasn't a, oh, we played with you like we're not going to listen. It uh-huh. was a, we know how you were right. and we will do anything you tell us to. Yeah, so yeah. The, I didn't have to really deal with, you know, the the issue of getting buy-in from kids right well, away and yeah, stuff like that. Because you were a dog, right? I, I just mean, like to work. Man, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's one thing and it's like, oh, you know, it, it, it's not, oh, yeah, Brady's our strength and condition. You know, it's like, bro, hell yeah. Brady's or, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's rad. Yeah. So no, it was, I mean, I was extremely blessed in Uh that, in that whole transition. Um, but yeah, our first session, I remember in Cam DeChester, one of my boys was squatting Uh on the far rack by the mirrors and I'm sitting there, you know, yelling at dudes and I just, you know, I'm sitting there queuing up, you know, one of my best friends and he's just taking every single cue, you know, you can tell he's just locked in. Uh And in that moment, it was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is actually the career that I want, you know? And so, yeah, it was, you know, things happen in weird ways and stuff. I wanted to have like a, you know, because I I wanted to have like a long discussion with you. Like, it was very interesting for me because when I built the CrossFit gym, I built the CrossFit gym because I wanted 
the group of people touching the steel, <clears throat> yeah. right? Like yeah. I, I was basically just filling my own need yeah. somewhere else, yeah. right? Find a community of people that have this common interest. But in I also had a real strong idea about what strength and conditioning was, not from a programmatic standpoint, but from a culture and overall thematic. So I had to make some adjustments working with general population folks, oh, for right? Sure. Um, it's completely different. It, it, it for sure. So it sounds like you had a pretty natural transition from student athlete to strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it was, you know, I still at that time, um, you know, was working at the gym, mm-hmm. assistant management, just f- trying to find them, you know, make a way yeah, yeah, yeah. to get in the chair I'm in right now. Oh, and yeah, that's, for sure. I mean, that was, you know, kind of the dream, which, you Biding know. Biding your time. Yep. And so, you know. Because it had been real easy. I'm sure, I mean, maybe even had these times, but, you know. It would have been real easy for you to cash the chips in. Nah, oh, they don't value, you know, I'm not full, you know, and you start trying to, you know, pe- people get bitter and resentful yep. in those positions. For sure. And uh, they don't stick with it long enough to where skill meets opportunity and you're ready to take it over and you were that guy, you're boom. Yep. Mm. Yep. So, no, I, you know, I was extremely lucky. Just had to, you know, find a way to keep your, your head above water. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that's a, kind of a lesson, too, to, you know, all the guys that, that come here uh-huh. is it's you know and it goes back to red shirting and all that other yeah. stuff like they're the things that you know are, are really going to be worth having a lot of times you're going to have to stick it out yeah and you know there's there are people that come along things and are lucky and right, right, right. you know whatever you want to say yeah. Extra and even blessed. with the lucky people a lot of times there's a lot of work going on you know yeah, behind you the scenes behind, that you yeah. don't see right. but um i mean how much how much weight had you lifted up until that point they gave you the street cred to be able to, you know, come into where it's like there was no question yeah. that this is the guy for the job. Yeah. Um, yeah, all that stuff in behind the scenes, it just doesn't get the appreciation. Yep. And the only one that loves it is you because you're the one who's doing it. For sure, yeah. And uh, you probably got called a goofball the whole time or oftentimes. Yeah. Right, because that's a fascinating thing. Oh, you're going to, you know, I remember doing, you know, crunches on the on my bedroom floor and then, you know, a guy walks in that was staying with us for a couple of weeks. He's like, what are you doing? We already worked out. I'm like, that's what I got to do, guy. Yep. I don't, I don't want to tell you. You're stupid, you know. Um, so what was that like taking over the program? It sounds like you had had this experience with Gersick. You had the mentor to lean on. Did you make any adjustments? Like, what was it like taking it over? Did you need to watch it from the coach's lens for a little while, running what had been run before, before you started making your own tweaks? Tell me about that yeah, transition. Yeah, so uh, it's a great, great question, man. Um <clears throat> Early on, I definitely, you know, fell back onto a lot of his mm-hmm. programming scheme, which I still, you know, him and I are very, very similar yeah. um, in a lot of things when it comes to periodization and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, really sitting down, you know, it's what's crazy about it, too, and I always, you know, think about this, you know, if there's one thing that I wish would have been a little bit different, it's that I would have been an actual GA that mm. sat in the desk and yeah, lived yeah. in the dorms and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, you know, working 12 hours a day over anytime fitness and then hustling. Yeah. And so, you know, I'd have my morning sessions here, which were, you know, usually 6 a.m. to 7 with football, maybe 7 a.m. to 8 with football. Um, if we were broke, broke them up into two groups and then, you know, on the Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever it may be, you know, I was working with baseball and softball and it would rotate. You know, I got to work with wrestling. I got to work with golf. I got to work with lacrosse. So I, you know, I got to work with a lot of the teams mm-hmm. in those two years, but I was always jealous of the guy. And, you know, it's funny, the ones that were here, you know, were like, 
a thrower that we were, you know, we could rely on. We knew mm-hmm. he, he would sit here and make right. things safe, but he never yeah. wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach, right? Right, right, right. But it was a perfect GA for someone that's like, okay, I need to go, you know, have a meeting, mm-hmm. and you know he's going to be consistent, and yeah. he's not going to let anything happen. Yeah. Where uh, I wish I could have, you know, flipped that. I would I would throw all that money away immediately uh-huh. for two years of sitting here next to Gersick and just being able to, you know, get on tangents of nutrition, yeah. periodization, all that other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, for, for him and I, um, you know, relationship outside of, of strength and conditioning, it just grew, you know, more and more every single year. You know, he's one of my dudes. Mm-hmm. I mean, friend for life, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, biggest mentor that I've had, you know, in this career. But early on, um, you know, it was – and it, that was his rule, and I was going to follow it. You know, everything that I wrote up, he had to clear first, mm-hmm. which I, you should do that anyways, you know. That's how physician assistants yeah. and doctors operate. Yep, yeah. and so that's it. You know, it's, a, it's the correct way of doing things. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, there'd be times where I'd send him something, and I've worked on it for eight or nine hours. I couldn't whip out programs, mm-hmm. you know, in a shorter period of time like right, I can right. now after doing it for so long. Um, but, you know, you'd spend a whole day or, you know, even you're spending a week and just, you know, an hour to here reading on the side, right. trying to implement different stuff. And then you'd get back, why this, why this, why this? You could do this instead and get, this, you know, the same results from one movement that you're trying to get from right. three. Too risky. Yeah, right, 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 right. exactly. Yeah. You know, risk for reward type yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there's a very big learning curve in. Um, you can sit, you know, at a desk and write out the most perfect program um, with great periodization. You know, you could write out a full mesocycle and have this perfect plan. But now all of a sudden, say you have softball and baseball in there, and there at the same time. Now they're all using the same equipment. There's not enough equipment. There's no Logistics. flow to the weight room. And so you, there's all this, you know, crazy stuff. Right. Um, you know, you might have where outside of the weight room, they're doing a ton of physical activity. And it's like, okay, it's time to rewrite the plan. We mm-hmm. need to do an unplanned deload, maybe even an entire unloading month with them, right. stuff like that. So yeah, you, you, got know, the, you got the plan on paper. Yeah, and, and it then never usually sticks. Your eyeballs tell you something else when you see technique breaking down mm-hmm. or you get some new information about, you know, what the other activities are and the other demands. And yep. then you go, oh, I did write that for nine hours, but now we're going we're gonna to make the adjustments. And really, I mean, on paper – you could technically program a whole human to be super peaked and da 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 yep. da da yep. But that's where the discerning element of the human, of the coach, of this person who's experienced, that's where it's valuable, right? You know, they got an IBM Watson thing that analyzes all of the cancer research, right? You want to take its top five suggestions and yeah. explore those, yep. but you still need the discerning human to make a call that morning, whatever it is, to make the adjustments. Yep. yep. And so, I, you know, I think that it, I've, I've grown in that aspect, you know, every year, um, just, you know, being around more and more athletes and being put yeah. in unfamiliar situations now have become, mm-hmm. you know, familiar. Yeah. Um, when, you, you know, you have a, a group of athletes walking in, they're dragging feet, they got bags under their eyes. Yeah. Um, and it might be Monday morning and they're right. college kids and it's like, <laughs> they didn't behave this weekend. Right, right. <laughs> right. And so, you know, I can either, yeah. you know, behavior run, was not ideal yeah. before preparing themselves for this training stimulus yep and so what can we do optimally and that's you know my and that's you know what Gersick taught me yeah it's it's extremely easy to train someone maximally um but you Mm -hmm. know getting them to be optimally trained um for that time of year whenever their competition if you're a multi-peak athlete whatever you know um getting on a tangent but yeah no 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 so yeah um you know those those few years um capacity was 
that of a GA. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I was extremely lucky that I kind of got more of the experience in terms of riding programs and I was running, you know, there was no other GA in here. So mm -hmm. I was running the room from day one, you mm -hmm. know, and then, you know, Gers would usually roll in here mid morning and then that's when I would go over to Anytime Fitness. Um, so there was a, a lot of communication of, you know, how did the morning go? What are the issues going right. on? Um, you know, when you program, you need to think about this. So, you know, he was extremely helpful in all those, in all those areas. Um, but yeah, you know, over those years, like I said, I was, I was extremely lucky too, that I got to work with different populations, yeah. you know? Um, well, I think yeah, too, just being exposed to them, right? Yeah. It's such a big deal. I mean, not only just the different population as far as the demand of sport, but then you're working, you know, especially on a football team many different body types yep. you're working with right you yep. know and the demands of the position you know you have a you got a tommy porter and an aj webb you got 510 and 63 you got some gangly awkward goon and then you got some little compact ball of muscle that are yep. playing the same position have the same program and the same tasks to do but it ain't the same no you know and you no. got a coach and cue and you got to make all those different adjustments yep and i think you know too something to hit on um because, you know, a lot of people will look down on it. And it's a, you know, there's really, really good PTs and there's really, mm -hmm. really bad PTs. And there's, you know, the in-between. And that's, yeah. it, it comes with strength and conditioning. It comes with coaches in general. You know, yeah. there's going to be people who pour everything into it just like athletics. Mm -hmm. um, and there's going to be people who, you know, think they're doing the right thing. But they really don't, you know, look in the mirror and, and make adjustments and right. try to find, you know, a, a better, more efficient way of yeah, getting to the Lack of self-awareness right? slash... Yeah. And so you know, the um, ego says, no, this is what we have to do. Yeah. And so, you know, I always told myself too, and, and Gerson and I talk about it all the time, is, you know, getting outside of your programming box. Mm -hmm. And um, I was lucky that I kind of, you know, had guinea pigs. And, yeah, you know, yeah. so thanks to all the, the PT clients that I had, uh -huh. because, you know, it'd be like, all right, I'm going to, you know, run this three month phase on, on, you know, this, you know, I had a, a couple girls that were, you know, just graduating college and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm going to run through three months of this. And I'm going to body fat test them. I'm going to vert them. I'm going to max them. And then mm -hmm. I'm going to see, you know, what, you know, did we get more explosive? Are we packing on muscle? Right. Are we just getting maximal strength out of this program? Yeah. You know, what's what's happening? And uh, but, you know, and then you also get, you know, the population that's older that might have yeah. joint issues, has right. back issues, has MS. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, we've had, you know, I've had so many different diagnoses that, uh, you know, I really had to learn how to program around yeah. things. Mm -hmm. And all that program practice, I think, you know, had a, a huge help to me mm -hmm. in terms of, you know. Well, I'm sure you developed a lot, you know, in particular in the whole skill set of empathy, right? Because yeah. I think it could be really easy to assume that you've just been the muscle goon and da 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 you know. But that's not the case because you've had to go through, I mean, you've told me a litany of injuries that you had to work for or work through yep. and recover from. And I'm sure that there's a big part in your heart where you're like, I really don't want that to happen to other people. For sure. Right. But you also had your own, you know, your own kind of existential health scare that I bet you maybe had you thinking that you might not ever be able to touch the steel again. Do you mind telling us? Yeah, no. Yeah, that? for sure. So, um, I can't remember the year specifically. Well, and set the table for us, right? Because you're, you're you're hustling, you're programming yeah. for the football yep. team, and you're so, getting after it. Yep. And, you, and you're also, you you've been touching the steel. It seems the same way since you quit. Is that an accurate statement? Oh yeah. Because I've ebbed and flow out of it, you know, and I've done probably a, you know, I've ebbed and flowed out of it. You've been consistent, consistently uh, fit, strong, 
lean, big, go. Yeah, so, um, oh man, it was probably, I graduated in 15, so mm -hmm. 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. um, I'll kind of get into what happened and then get into like what happened before. Okay. And so um, I'm driving home to Craig mm -hmm. and I'm going to see my family for Christmas. And it's kind of like, you know, this time, time of night, it's, you know, it's starting to get kind of hard to see. And, but I notice I'm like, man, I really am like having trouble seeing the road, what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, my grandma has eye issues. My dad's starting to get them. As he, I'm like, there's no way my eyes are going. I've had right, good right, eyes right. my whole life. Um, you know, something's going on. Right. Um, one of my buddies, you know, lifelong friends hit me up. Hey, man, you know, uh, Matt Linscombe, you know, my quarterback, I haven't seen him in three years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's having to get together. Um, we're going to go celebrate Christmas over at their place. You know, you want to go? Sure. Why not? So I get, you know, I you know, get home, have dinner with my parents, um, go out and see all my buddies um, from high school. And there's, you know, a large group having a great time. And I wake up the next day, walk up the stairs. My mom looks at me and she goes, what's going on with your face? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't, what the hell are you talking about? Very funny, mom. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And so I go look in the mirror and I, you know, complete Bell's palsy on my right side. Uh -huh. So zero movement um, at all. And um, I was stubborn. I should have went to the doctor immediately. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be all right. I'm fine. You know, it'll mm -hmm. kind of just rub some dirt on it. Yeah, Mentality yeah. with everything. Right. And uh, two or three days have passed and there have been nothing better. So I go to the doctor, you know, they tell me, you know, you have a severe, severe case of Bell, uh, Bell's palsy. Mm -hmm. And um, the doctor that I had come and seen when I got back here, um, you know, met with him and uh, Sowards. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, you're a young kid, man. You're, you're, you're probably going to, you know, rebound from it good. Yeah. I know you eat well. I've, I've right. known him for a while. I know you eat well. I know you're, you know, always working out and everything like that. And so you should rebound, you know, from it. But coming back on it you know um at that point in time i was you know doing crazy hours where it was like i'd have you know i'd be you know opening up placky hall at 5 30 in the morning mm -hmm. we'd be starting warm-ups at 5 45 you know training two or three teams i'd go over at anytime fitness uh eight to ten is usually a dead hour so i would immediately lift get my lift in and then it was like client at 11 client at 12 client at one maybe i had two off client at three four five six seven mm -hmm. going home eating going to bed you know right. so you're, ru you're running these you know 14 15 hour yeah. days um back to back to back i was doing extremely well in my training and in my nutrition and everything like that i was i was putting you know good weeks back to back mm -hmm. um but it was training with extremely high volume yeah training my tail off you know yeah, yeah. and so you, you know you think of you know just the general fatigue and stress on the body and right. i feel like i've usually been good at you know being able to to push stress away um mm -hmm. you know from a day-to-day -day aspect going home and you know leaving work at uh, you know leaving work at work and mm -hmm. and being able to decompress and stuff but um you know looking back on it, i just think it was you know the stress levels the you know lack of of recovery um all that stuff you know and it was just one of those things where you know you don't realize you're stressing as much as you probably are yeah and then it catches up you to you your tolerance just builds. and it's kind of you know the big man upstairs way you saying you know it's time to slow down excuse just, me just sir i know bit. that you've been doing everything proper you know you're eating clean as a whistle you're getting after your condition uh still human good yep and so and you know it was honestly a, a brutal thing um you know you'd ask me before we we made the mics hot you know if i was cool talking about it and mm -hmm. it's you know it was one of the toughest things um that i had had to go through in my life and honest to god you know the the people that <clears throat> could still look me in the face and not act different mm -hmm. sit there and have a conversation because i mean 
it took me and I still have, you know, some residual effect. I'm probably 90, 95% recovered. Mm-hmm. People won't notice it now, but mm-hmm. I still can. Cause I've looked at my face for, you know, 29 right, right, right. years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, you know, I knew right away the people that actually cared cause they still treated me the same. Right. They weren't sitting there, you know, looking at my face, what's going on, you know, with Brady. Um, and, uh, the, the ones that really got me through all of it, Adam State football, man. It mm-hmm. was, you know, and, and and some of the athletes here that I was working with, it was, you know, instead of like the what the hell's going on, it was right. the I can't believe this happened to you, coach. Yeah. You know, are you all right? Do you right. need to talk? Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, I think back to that class, Braden Meyer, Ian Friday, all those guys were were there yeah. when it happened. Um, you know, and I'd taken a couple of weeks off of work and then it's one of those things, I think the hardest thing about it was you know, we all have our issues, whether, you know, someone has a family member that's sick, um, you know, home life isn't what you want it to be at the moment, you know, right. whatever it may be. Those are easy things that you can hide. Right. But, you know, then when you're, you're walking around and half your face is paralyzed, it's one of those things that you, yeah. you everyone's going to see. Right. Yeah. So it, it was uh, very difficult to come in here that first day, um, you know, and even like Larry, um, Caitlin and Gersick at the time, they're like, you can take off as much time as you want. Uh-huh. And I was like, screw that. I just need to get back to normality. Right. You know? Um, but, you know, coming in and telling all the athletes, you know, this is what's going on. It might come back. It might mm-hmm. not. Um, you guys don't got to worry about me. This is your time to get after it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I kind of just had that attitude of, you know, you know, full steam ahead. Like, mm-hmm. this is something that was thrown at me. There was, a, you know, a wrench thrown in the plan of normality. Right. But, um, you know, the you wouldn't think like little things how it would affect you blowing a whistle was damn near impossible mm-hmm. uh yelling across the weight room when you got the volume loud and stuff like that you know and and so it was you know little things that those were the things that were frustrating right um going i'm going, sure that there's you know some other stuff there where like you don't want to bother you but at the same time like i had scarlet fever i look like a strawberry sour patch man from the chin down I went to the store to get some lotion for it, right? Because I'm itchy like crazy. Yeah. And these little kids, mommy! <laughs> yep, you know? yeah. No, and that's, you know, yeah, little kids are like, the most what? honest. You walk around and it's yeah. like, yeah, you got some people staring at you, wondering what's going on and, yeah. and everything. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, all of us have had, like, random thing. Like, you get a sty on your eye or, uh-huh. like, you wake up and your eyelid's swollen or yeah, 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 something's yeah. wrong with your face. So, all of your, right, you know, right, everyone right. put yourself in that situation and then yeah. multiply it by a million and it's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, it was a tough thing. I was super lucky that, you know, the amount came back that, um, that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it was the same thing, you know, it just took a lot of work. It was like mm-hmm. watching grass grow. I remember mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. in front of a mirror and like, just purse your lips, mm-hmm. just smile, mm-hmm. just blink your damn eye, right. you know, raise your eyebrows. Yeah. You and go so, from macro <laughs> motor patterns yeah. to some severely micro mm-hmm. motor patterns with a you know wicked timeline that's slow the feedback slow yep and uh, so you know yeah it was you know it's one of those things too but i feel like um adversity man it's it's it'll make people stronger or it'll absolutely break them absolutely you know? well and so it was one of those things too where i just immediately you know try to take the positive out of all of it but you know i i can cannot say enough about you know the community in alamosa and then mm-hmm. adam state in general like you know i had so many people to lean on and so many people that just mm-hmm. the entire time Gersick, you know being one of the top ones just treat me normal mm-hmm. just literally not you know it's one mm-hmm. of those things where it was just like man you know you'd, you'd talk with certain people and be like god they just keep staring at it and staring <laughs> at it. and you know you know yeah. and, you're, and you're trying to act normal and it's pissing you off and you're trying right, to be right, yourself right. you want to you want to snap a little bit but uh you know well, and, and that recovery and that support has got to be a testament to 
to you, your character, your authenticity, how you've treated people, right? Because if you'd have been big time in people this whole time in any time yep. fitness and flexing on, you know, uh, weak nerves, or, you know, that is a different story when it comes to your yeah. overall support. Um, because I, I've... I've known, you know, I've only gotten to really spend time with you over these last couple of years. Yep. I've known about it. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a guy, you know. But the comments were always, you know, oh, did you play with, uh, you know, with Coach Connor? He's like, no, I didn't play with Coach Connor, but I know him. We're going to say, oh, well, he's super jacked, and he's a great dude, right? Yeah. And those two comments <clears throat> were never, you know, parted, yeah. right? So kudos to you for building your reputation and, and, and loving the steel. And your words about adversity, the barbell – that's definitely been one of the gifts of the game, you know, when it comes into the leaning into resistance and all the great stuff that we get out of here. Like, I was so blessed. Like, that was a thing where positive male role models said, hey, come and exercise and take care of yourself. And when you do good, we cheer you on, right? Yep. And it was definitely one of my gifts of the game. So that's a little segment I got on here. What are your, what are your gifts of the game from your experience here playing Adam State football from this weight room? <clears throat> Tell me. I mean, you know, I got, like I said, it's, I have, uh, you know, a few buddies, lifelong friends, shouldn't call them buddies, lifelong friends, you know, from growing up in Craig, but, you know, the guys that I went through stuff with here, mm -hmm. um, the guys I played games, won games with, lost games with, uh, sat in class with, uh, hung out on the weekends with, those are the, the dudes that, you know, we're constantly keeping in contact with each other. Um, you know, those are the, you know, the best friends. And those are the so, suits at the wedding. Yep, yep. Those are, those are, the, those <clears throat> are the suits. Yep. And so, you know, like I said, I got, you know, a couple of my, my really close friends from growing up, um, but then a, a very large amount of guys that I am just, you know, we're tied together till the end. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I think, you know, you go through all that stuff um, and you're not doing it as individuals. Mm -hmm. you're, you're truly going through it together mm -hmm. and, you know, you're seeing – your best friend who is, you know, like the hoorah guy who's always positive one day hits a breaking point mm -hmm. and it's like, you got to be there for him. Yeah. And you go through, you know, such let's go high get that guy. Hey, hey, such, so yeah. and so's having some problem. Hey, let's go get him. Let's go take him to Dairy Queen. Yeah. So yeah, yeah let's go to Monty. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, such high highs and such low lows. Um, you know, you really find the, the inside and outside of, of who someone truly is mm -hmm. at their core. And I yeah. think that just, I mean, it's, you know, those things where it's like, there's no way these friendships won't last right. forever. Right. Um, but, you know, like <clears throat> every part of Adam State, I feel blessed to, mm -hmm. you know, to have made the decision that I did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when talking to Coach Heaton for a half hour after, you know, the Mesa game. Yeah. And <clears throat> it's like, I finally get to see, you know, I would never call him Marty, but I finally get to see the Marty. Uh -huh. And not just Coach Heaton, you know, and it's like, man, it was like a surprisingly pleasant. Conversation. Oh, it was insanely pleasant. Oh, like it wow. was, and you know, you just sit there and you think, you know, about, you know, all the times that you're getting reamed by him. Yep. Um, and you know, his, you know, it's piss poor. Yep. Grass isn't greener on the other side. Pride you know? and perfections. Now. Yep. Yep. And so you know all, you know all the stuff that you know we went through. Um, but then you you look back on it and it's like, man, he always had the best interest for every single person on the 100%. team. Loved Adam State. Yep. Loves and, Adam State. Yep. And um, you know just relationships like that. I'll see Coach Wassinger mm -hmm. randomly around, and it's never a hey, Coach, how's it going? It is always a you know 
oh, I heard you're at the college, you know, what's going on there, you know, drives uh, keep through, me updated. Drives through my yard special when he's going through with his lady busting up mosquitoes, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, that's AJ's house, you know, dusted her up good. So, you know, you just get so many relationships, yeah. um, you know, even with the exercise science department, you know, Tracy Robinson, who's still uh-huh. there. And it's, you know, like I was on one of our GAs, um, practicum committees mm-hmm. and just go on there and see her and it's a half hour conversation. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it's just so normal for here to just build great relationships, yeah. which I feel like is so abnormal right. um, in the majority of the world, especially the, now. N- normal is, uh, you know, hey, talk, how are you talk good? shit and tweet yeah. people and, yeah. and, and lie to people's face about how you're doing. And, and then, t- you know, like it, it's not the magic that you get here on this campus, yep. on this team, and, and specifically in this room, right? I mean, you make a great point. Like, you get to see, like, I know what Oscar Villa's soul looks like, yeah. right? Because I've seen him under 405. I've seen him in fourth quarter, fourth down. And, uh, you know, that, 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 that's the guy you go, hey, you watch my kids, something you know, bad happens to me. Like, and and um, it's very encouraging to have an Adam State guy not that you always need an Adam State guy to be in charge of Adam State things, but to have someone who's so dedicated, um, and, and it's, you know, not only your dedication, but also the stories that you hear from an Ian Friday, right? Yeah. Where, you know, yeah, Coach, you know, Coach Connor changed my attitude on this. And, you know, Ian Friday makes some big changes that put him in a position to be an NFL prospect yep. and really make a difference. Yep. Steal that from Marty, make a difference. Yep. Go mad. Yeah. Well, uh, I do have a little fireball round I want to go through you, but I okay. also want to say thank you. Uh, you know, thank you for your time as of course, a player man. and, and your, your <clears throat> contributions to the program now. Uh, there's a lot of things that I do want to talk to you about in a follow-up episode, especially, you know, some words to those students that and and student athletes that are playing now that do want to get into the strength and conditioning game i really want to geek out and listen to you i know gersick's one of the corners that's built the foundation of your philosophies around strength and conditioning but i bet you there's some other folks in there too i'd love to geek out on that a little bit harder but i want to ask you some good old-fashioned bro questions before we cut this thing up right so i'm off okay tell me what's in your gear bag Right, as far as you're, right, you're going to get a lift in, right? I got a couple of things. I got some of this and some of that, and we'll, you know. But what's, 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 what are some of the must-haves in your gear bag? All right, number one, um, you know, and Gers will make fun of me for this, <laughs> but I am a chalk monster. Okay, okay. And so I gotta have chalk, man. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't see a chalk bowl around here. Which right, I, there it is. Oh, there she blows. Yeah, okay, behind uh-huh. the desk. Um, but uh, we I need a chalk. I need it on my back if I'm squatting. Okay. I need it on my front shelf if I'm cleaning feels good uh yeah so no i'm a total chalk monster. so that's mm-hmm. the number one mm-hmm. um heavy squat day ray-ban knee sleeves oh yeah it's yeah. the go-to you got the ones that are like that blue i got the old looking. blue ones yeah. i got the or old the thick old, ones the yeah the blue? old thick blue ones yeah, that were yeah. like you know in the Olympics. seven millimeters yeah like yeah they're extremely thick okay you got the knee um, sleeves. keep them warm keep yep. your keep your sliding and gliding going what yep. else um i'm not a i was you know, my entire life a weight belt guy, but <laughs> uh-huh. I haven't been recently. I don't it's, know why. It's a love hate I don't know why. Right? It's definitely a tool. Probably yeah. deployed is good for you, yep. but at the same time, I got I went through a period where 
I'd put it on, and then before I said I'd take it off. I don't need this, yep. you know? Yeah, so I don't know. I've just been more comfortable without it mm -hmm. in, like, the past year. And then the same thing, I used to be always, you know, wrist wraps. I'd tape mm -hmm. up when I was an athlete here, but I've mm -hmm. been trying to go away from it as well. Uh -huh. um, uh, I got, you know, obviously my lifters. Got my Olympic uh -huh. weightlifting shoes. What flavor are you rocking? Those Adidas? So I, it's Adidas, and they're uh -huh. old. I mean, they're they're broken in, and they're you know fit yeah. my foot perfect yeah that's so true. i'm i'm you know dreading the day that they actually fall apart because mm -hmm. i don't want to have to break a new pair mm -hmm. in for a year mm -hmm. but uh yeah so those bad boys um you know if you then, call them lashes you got any lashes for like you know we, we used to have the the harbinger cotton uh lifting straps I oh guess. yeah no yeah uh -huh. so uh, th those are you know strictly 405 and above yeah yeah so that's kind of my rule on that you right. know you should you need to be able if to handle grip strength yeah good. you need to be handling 405 oh yeah um yeah don't make a plate you can't eat but i'd love to yeah. just do an episode of cliches <laughs> yeah. and, and, and stuff like that for you because they're so funny yep uh, so I do have some of those um but you yeah i mean that's you get, are you on the smelling salts level yeah, i was gonna say that too i love salt yeah, yep, that's exactly what I yeah, have. So, okay. Juju Mufu. Uh-huh. Ah, yep, I have a, a little bottle of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's it. It's probably and, better than Will Trujillo just slapping the piss out of my chest before a set. Yeah, five-star, man. It always <laughs> helps, though. It always helps. Uh-huh. So. Anything uh, else in that bag that you need to talk about? Gosh. I mean, if I'm traveling, it's, you know, beats. Got to have my headphones. Got to have music okay. loud. Okay. Uh, so all the, everyone that knows me knows I'm a, a total metalhead, yeah. and it needs to be on volume 10 out of 10. So and good segue there. So do you have a Spotify playlist? <clears throat> playlist? So I don't have a playlist. I'm an album guy. Okay. And Fair so enough. you know, it's for me. It's if uh, you know if I'm wanting to listen to just the song mm -hmm. "Cowboys from Hell" by okay. Pantera, yeah, I'm yeah. putting on the whole album uh -huh. and listen to it front to back. Well, good for you. And that's, so, you know, that's, that's a classy. Yeah, that's a classy way to go about being a metalhead. So, uh, I'm, I'm such a promiscuous, you know, I go Wu Tang Clan, and you know, Meta you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do all of it. Yep. But I like, I like your answer there. Now, you're gonna max out. You know, pick whatever lift it is that you want. <clears throat> I don't know if you would change squat. the max outs. Okay, let's max out squat. You know, you're up, you're going to go fiddle with the iPod, you're going to send someone to go do it. What's the song that's coming on for the Squat Max out? It is uh, Psycho Holiday, Pantera. Okay. And so, you know, it's any, it's any, just got it all. I mean, the name itself, you know, says it all. It's Psycho Holiday. <laughs> uh -huh. And so. Any certain know, part, like, are you going to lift that bar up when this part drops or? The whole song, man, <laughs> is, is just front to back, just uh -huh. so heavy. Um, but you know, and it would be anything probably, probably Pantera for me. Okay. Uh, that's usually where I go when it's like, when it's a day, you know, where I'm like, oh, I'm kind of tired. It's like, okay, get 300 milligrams of caffeine and, <sighs> and just go to Pantera uh -huh. and turn on, this is Pantera on Spotify yeah. and just listen to them. God bless you guys. Rest in, you know, rest in peace. Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. And Vinnie Paul. Um, so now let's talk if you could go back in time. Okay. Right? And maybe you do this specific for you and you know what your needs are. Or maybe this is just your general advice for that 18-year-old uh, getting ready to come in. <clears throat> what are you going to tell them to put in their shaker cup? And what are you going to tell them to stack up for a supplement regimen? You don't got to go hardcore yeah. with this and that, but, like, <clears throat> some basic things. So I think, um, you know, macros or micros affect the macros. Okay. One of my favorite, you know, uh, things that I've, you know, ever heard in terms of nutrients. I've it's like Paul Quinn. It might have been Woodski okay. that, you know, had, had wrote this down somewhere in an article. Um, but it's so basic, it's so easy to remember. You know, your micronutrients are going to affect your macronutrients. And so, okay. um, 
good multivitamin. Okay. And so I won't say any companies in particular because okay. we're not advertising anyone. Right? I, used to, I used to take the Mega Man. So, uh, I've been known to ingest an animal pack every once yeah, in a while. I don't, know, I don't know if that's where to go, <laughs> right? But a good do-your-own-research yes. multivitamin. Yep. Bring it into your strength and conditioning coach and make sure it is. Yeah, don't get popped. Yep. Right. And so uh, a good multivitamin, um, creatine. Okay. For sure. Five grams a day. Five grams a day, males, three, two to three for females. Okay. Um, I do like the green supplement, and that is by the Pat Company. Okay. So um, some kind of green supplementation okay. um, I think is huge. You know, we would like to believe that every single day uh, nutrient profile in the cafeteria is going to be perfect. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like even, you know, just a, the pizza and burger nutrient. Yeah, yeah. yeah some fries uh-huh. and, and a little bit of Powerade. Uh-huh. Um, even just for adults in general, I think, you know, it's, it's just so huge to have that. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, some, some kind of multi, some kind of creatine, micronized creatine, um, a green supplementation. If you are someone that, you know, you should fix your sleep habits first. Can't stress that enough. Mm-hmm. But if you're someone that really has an issue, you struggle with insomnia or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you know, um, having a little bit of, of caffeine will help. There's a ton of science behind it that it does help performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, having something along that line. Um, so fix your sleep. First. And then supplements or supplement and, to and, 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 and a and good get nutrient some lifestyle, in. right? Okay, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so, uh, yeah, some, some kind of caffeine, something like that. If you're someone that needs it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of branch chains just because I think, you know, you should be eating eggs and you should be eating red meat. Fair enough. If you're a vegetarian, that's your own choice. I'm, you know, whatever. Okay. But, uh, so if, you know, if you're not someone that's, that's getting those aminos, um, you know, and your essential amino acids, then having that as a supplementation, Mm -hmm. um, is extremely important as well. Um, so that's kind of where I go on everything. So now you got, now you're not talking to you anymore. You're talking a little pipsqueak AJ, he's 215, right? He's got a, you know, we got to get 15 pounds of lean on him. No, you know. In six months, I'm making a post-workout shake. Yeah. What's going in that shake? Okay, so I got my what I call the power shakes. Power shake. Tell us. And about the so power I shake. yeah, I send this out uh, within the summer packets to all the teams. Um, super easy way to put on weight. Um, not only nutrient dense, but also calorically dense. Okay. Um, you know, for that it is you know you're going to be eight to sixteen ounces of whole milk. Okay. You're going to do one to two scoops of protein, depending. Okay. You know, if we're working with a smaller athlete who's 150, you might go on the lower end, but you're working right. with a kid that's 250 and we want him at 300 pounds. Three scoops, Web. You know, you better <laughs> you better load it up on the heavy end. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, so you're going to do one to two cups of milk. You're going to do one to two scoops of protein. If you're not already getting your creatine in, um, you know, which usually you take it post-workout, um, you put your creatine in there. Um from there it's you know then finding stuff that has some nutrients and some calories so i like handful of spinach i like you know one cup of any fruit that you like but something that mixes well with that would be like bananas and strawberries right depending on what kind of protein you have mm-hmm. um oatmeal throwing mm-hmm. some kind of oatmeal in there so you know just trying to get a ton of carbs into you post-workout's going to be massive too for your next sessions uh-huh. um then you could do peanut butter in it help you mm-hmm. gain a little weight you yeah. could even do olive oil in it yeah. and help you gain a little bit get of weight re- get as weird as you want yep and then um i tell them too you know if you want to put ice cream in there you want to put hershey syrup in there yeah you know whatever you need to do honey mm-hmm. um you could do uh, yeah. uh greek yogurt as well okay. yeah. so just stuff you just load it up right, right. And so i have i have it a little bit more structured on our on our plans you yeah, know yeah, yeah. um but then at the bottom i'll say you know if there's anything else that you want to put in this do mm-hmm. it Mm-hmm. plain and simple right and so you know it, the the whole goal 
of that shake, number one is going to be recovery. But then if yeah. you actually, we have a body transformation goal of putting muscle mass on you, mm -hmm. you need to be in a caloric surplus. Right, right, right. And so... Uh, and drinking is a pretty easy way to do that. E very easy, mm -hmm. you know, very, very easy. Um, and so what I always, what I'll tell athletes too is, you know, don't just make one shake, make two or three servings of a shake, put mm -hmm. it, you know, in a big, big blender. Yeah. And then from there, throw it into like two or three shaker cups. Batches. Throw it into your fridge. And then, you know, if you have early weights, you have one right after, you go home and you shower, then you go to the calf and then you eat. Now mm -hmm. you, you say you have, you know, three or four classes in a row. At 11 o'clock, you're having another shake. Now mm -hmm. at one o'clock, you can eat a lunch. Now you're coming and you're watching film and you're going to practice. Right when you get off practice, you're having another shake while you're making dinner. Mm -hmm. And then an hour, two hours after practice, you're having your dinner. So, so you got, just getting consistent. So you, know, you got your, your power intake. shake. You're loading it up. It's got the good macros, the good fats. It got a lot of stuff in there. Now give me a, uh, give me a smash or pass. I'm gonna list off some foods that I, if I had to go back, I'd tell little little skinny AJ that uh, boiled eggs, for sure. Okay, love it. Peanut butter and honey or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Love it. Super cheap. Um, it's one of my favorite things, you know, for athletes in terms of like midday, mm -hmm. especially if they're doing early sessions and late sessions. Mm -hmm. Just a, a great way to get calories, mm -hmm. um, get some carbohydrates in you, you know, get your glycogen whole, stores up. For, whole milk, obviously. Oh, yeah. Right. If, you, if your body tolerates it, get after yep, it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, white rice. Love it. Okay. It's probably my favorite, uh, you know carbohydrate that you could take in a lot of times it doesn't bloat people okay um it's you know easily digestible um you don't see a lot of people eating a ton of white rice and getting fat either mm -hmm. and so it's one of those things where it's like you can just tell you know it's mm -hmm. it is a nutrient that is very very good at being turned into an energy substrate mm -hmm. and the body uses it very very well so canned tuna or pouched tuna oh yeah for sure get uh -huh. after it the, the, i think those are like must i go of course yeah. get your fresh fruit in and your main you know protein courses and your veggies right but you know, if I'm thinking back, hey, Webster, you need to be doing two peanut butter and jellies. I need you hitting four to eight, you know, boiled eggs, yep. uh, drinking that whole milk, <clears throat> eating that tuna fish, just getting those in. Because those are, you know, that that's a list because of it. They're also very economical sources of protein, yeah. yep. fats, and carbs. Yep. And what so what I'll tell athletes, too, is, um, you know, in terms of nutrients, your most expensive one is going to be your protein. Yep. And so... I'll tell them, you know, it, it, it's kind of a, a burden, but really it's not a burden when you look at, you know, how successful you're going to be in terms mm -hmm. of transforming your body. Um, but be a frequent flyer at City Market or mm -hmm. at Safeway or at Walmart, mm -hmm. because when stuff goes on sale, that's when you need to buy that Bing. protein. Yep. And so you don't need to be going like, oh, it's Saturday. We know yeah. we're going to barbecue with the boys and we've already decided we're going to have steaks and you go get mm -hmm. three ribeyes for 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a week later you go check them and they're $28. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you got to be smart about that kind of stuff. My, you know? my, so, my protein shopping transition, chicken, beef, pork, based off of which one's closest to two, to something a pound. Yep. You know, and what's being, on sale. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm even that way too, you know, and it's, you know, sell by day. Oh, it needs to be sold in three days while I'm eating it tonight. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter ground, you know, if it could be ground beef, that's usually $6 a pound. And right now it's on sale for one ninety nine, And it's like, I'm buying three of them and I'm having ground beef the next three nights. And of course it would behoove us not to push potatoes yeah of course here in the san luis valley yep. getting them fresh off the you know fresh out Best the pasture America. there in monta vista right yep great great source got some micronutrients going on in there yep uh, tons pretty, of potassium pr pretty pretty good for athletes yep no it's yeah it's that and white rice are my two faves and like you said you know they're so cheap and that's what i tell them with carbohydrates it's like shelf Steel. shelf life for carbs it's so mm -hmm. easy mm -hmm. um you know to buy a large amount and go through it if you're really trying right right if you're really trying to eat 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, go, I like go. to do a whole other podcast, like what really trying really means yeah. as far as developing a relationship with food. So you understand quantities and that you can, you know, track long enough to where you can eyeball everything and also monitor your performance at the same time. So, you yeah. know, yes, I'm recovering. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm bonking in workouts. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm gaining, you know, I'm moving the needle towards my meaningful goals because yeah. I showed up to senior camp at like 220 and I was in really good shape not really I, it's like borderline unexcusable in some ways yeah. but I did the best I could so I won't beat myself up too much no, but yeah. coach the shepherd of the steel right the yeah. leader of the swole patrol thank you very much you're very welcome man appreciate you it's been a pleasure appreciate you too go Grizz Woo. That's it for this episode of the Adam State Football Podcast. And before you stop, do me a solid. Go ahead, listen, subscribe, rate, review, and share this episode on your social medias. If you want to stay up to date with the Adam State Football Podcast and other things that are going on with the Adam State Football Program, subscribe to the Adam State Football Facebook group. Thanks in advance. Go Adam State.